The following is a special sports presentation of UltimateSportsTalk.com. UltimateSportsTalk.com now presents Roger Bacon Spartans High School Football. This game is being brought to you by Ed Noen McLeod, attorneys at 513-381-7333. The Substation 2 in Florence, 859-371-9190. Jason Regelsberger, State Farm Insurance at 513-574-8811. The Lucky Turtle, Frank Cedar, Roger Bacon Grad. T-Spot, window tint and audio, call 513-829-2530. Pioneer Auto Service with Matt Vollmer at 513-851-5131. Borkman Athletics at 513-844-1420. Sunday's Pub, located at 8582 Winton Road. Transform You Fitness, call 513-645-3294. Eric Geiger, State Farm Insurance at 513-574-0321. Jake Sweeney Automotive. Ascent Safety Solutions. Game on Sports Bar, located at 5880 Cheviot Road. RJL Insurance. Call 513-322-5637. Stacy Heating and Air. Call Jim at 513-202-0407. And Vonderhart Catering. 513-554-1969. Now let's go to the field for this Roger Bacon Spartans High School football game. From Patriot Stadium at Carroll High School in Dayton, Ohio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of High School Football here on a Friday night, and it is a rainy Friday night in Dayton, just north of Cincinnati. I'm Dave Mitchell. Glad to have you along tonight on UltimateSportsTalk.com as we have got the Roger Bacon Spartans on the road this evening taking on the Carroll Patriots. The Spartans 3-4 and four on the year, 1-3 and three in the GCL Central, their final year in the GCL Central, coming in after their win last week over McNicholas. And the Carroll Patriots are coming in on the heels of a three-game losing streak. The Patriots are 4-3 and three overall. They are 1-3 and three in the GCL North. Rob Rickenbaugh alongside with us, as always, on Friday nights with Roger Bacon. And, Rob, this one, another one where the Spartans are going to have to play with really about half of their roster and the lower half at that because of the injuries and the illnesses that they have. Yeah, well, at least it's good to have football weather finally, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just like last year. It seems like we go through the, the heart of the first part of the schedule, and it's 95-degree weekends, <laughs> and tonight, you know, we're 50s and gray and rainy. Uh, that's true. So two receivers out tonight, Zach Kuhlman and, and Zuri Edmondson, which will be big losses for a quarterback who is just starting to get some legs underneath him. We saw early in the year Tyler Bullock really struggle, really lose some confidence as we went through some of those big losses, the Baden game being one of those that stands out, which was not a great game for him. Started to get some confidence the past two weeks uh, against Chaminade and then last week in a big win against McNick, him really carrying the load while Corey Kiner sat out most of that game. Tonight he's going to have to make do with a Brandon Tumlin, with a Zach Kappel, with a lackey to see if he can keep some of that going enough to take some of the pressure off the running game because, of course, Corey Kiner's banged up too. Herculean effort last week in the fourth quarter to kind of secure the win for Roger Bacon, but has not been the same. Came off the flu, 
muscle injuries last week and now uh, is going to try his best to play tonight. But on a cold night, you never know what happens with those sore muscles. Yeah, and when you look at what Kiner adds to this offense, just look at last year. He had 24 carries in the Roger Bacon win at Bron Bezovich Stadium over Carroll, and he had 282 yards. Tonight, with the conditions on the field, Rob, and the fact that Edmondson and Coleman are both out of the ball game, you would think that Mike Blout is going to depend upon Kiner, but then, like you said, Kiner's got the nagging injuries, and that may alter the game plan a little somewhat tonight. It does, and this is really an example where uh, Keontae Deer, who's not available oh. because of the broken collarbone, yeah. really hurts, right? Because although he didn't have quite the explosiveness that, that Corey Kiner has, he still had some, some niftiness and, and the little wiggle in his hips that made him elusive at times, also much bigger than he was previously. So we're going to see some Freddie Greer. Uh, we may even see, you know, a couple other spot duties. The, the talented freshman from St. Clement, Mr. Hutzel, uh, getting some time. He's very fast, although as we saw last week when he coughed the ball up early, that getting used to those varsity hits can be, you know, quite the learning experience. So a whole lot's going to be put on the shoulders of Tyler Bullock. He's shown lately that he can handle it. We'll see what happens tonight. Well, you know, when you sit down at the beginning of the season, these coaches and even us, to put together our two deep charts to get ready for the season. You also put down the third and fourth stringers, and you hope that the only time those third and fourth stringers are going to see action is when you're up big or down big. But tonight, they're going to really depend upon those third and fourth stringers to pull out another victory tonight. Well, and, and, you know, one of the blessings of what Mike Blount, at least, has been able to do over the past four years is build some of that depth to a very high-quality level. You saw it last week when a guy comes in like Ryan Halla, uh, as I was corrected by my buddy Eric Shulkers. Uh, Ryan Halla comes in and has three interceptions, ties the school record. Uh, we probably had called his name twice the, the whole season, and one of them was on a busted play up at Huron. So Mike has some guys he can count on. It's a big spot on the road, weather like this, against a really good GCL team. But we've seen in the past couple of weeks that he's got some guys who can step up into that light. Well, like we said, last year Roger Bacon won the contest at Bron Bezovich Stadium 41-28. to The Spartans broke their five-game losing streak with the win at home. But as we turn towards tonight's game, Rob, this one again, very important to the Spartans' playoff hopes. They probably have to win out to make the playoffs, as we talked about last week. And next week for homecoming, Fenwick is going to be a beast. They always are. they got a lot of kids. They're healthy. They're playing well, uh, even against some tough competition. So tonight is a chance, if they can get some things going early, to maybe sneak out of here with a win on the road and take something back and, and roll your dice with Fenwick. Of course, Purcell, the big rival, looming at the end of the season. Win out, you make the playoffs. Yeah, and as we talked about it, uh, both of these teams come into tonight's ball game 12th in their region. For Carroll, they are 12th in Division Three, Region 12. And for the Spartans, they are 12th in Division Four, Region 16. We'll go over all of that and try to go over what Joe Idle says could happen towards the end of the year for Roger Bacon to get into the playoffs. We'll do that. Continue to preview tonight's game. We're about 20 minutes away from the kickoff of tonight's rainy encounter here from Carroll High School in Dayton, Ohio. I'm Dave Mitchell with Rob Rickenbaugh. We'll be back with more after this. If I play sports for my school, I will have more confidence. I will get better grades. I will learn how to show good sportsmanship. I will be more physically fit. I will learn how to handle wins and losses in sports and in life. I will have more school 
spirit. I'll learn how to work together. I will learn to set goals and work to reach them. I'll make good decisions off the field. If I play sports for my school, if I play sports for my school, if I play sports for my school, I will learn how to be a leader. Well, it's nights like this, Rob, that we enjoy a nice press box to sit in and not have to sit out in the rain like everyone else. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, one of the rare nights lately, uh, other than the air conditioning we had last week at McNick, which was nice, we're usually not that lucky and we're, and we're caught somewhere out of the elements, but usually with a uh, not a temperature-controlled environment, we got that tonight. Yeah, we definitely have it tonight. As a matter of fact, this press box would be nice to do baseball in. <laughs> I mean, we we are under the covers. We've even got an awning over the top of us to make sure that the rain doesn't come in. And the rain is coming down here at Patriot Stadium. It's it's coming down really well. Well, and the, the real nice part here is it's almost all windows. So a lot of times we get where they've placed windows in and you have construction like at Bacon or, or you know, some of the other, last week being the exception, and tonight where you have a, a nice wide view of the field, don't have to, to move around or, or peek your head out as you were telling me with some of the places you've been. You know, this is a grass field here at Patriot Stadium. They've got bleachers on both sides of the field, both home and visitors, and I'm told before the game they're going to put the turf in next year. Yeah, it, it's a nice change of pace, actually, to see grass. Yeah, it is. I played on grass. I, I like the look of it. I, I like playing on it. Uh, I like football games that are played on it, so uh, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, our bro- next broadcast game will be tomorrow. That's going to be on the turf. And we normally don't do a lot of cross-promotion between Roger Bacon and Mount St. Joseph, but our halftime program tonight basically is going to preview tomorrow's first-place battle in the Heartland Conference, and that will be the Franklin Grizzlies coming to Schuler Field to take on the Mount St. Joseph Lions. I'll be on the air with the pregame show at 12.30, and the kickoff from Schuler Field will be at 1.30. Mount St. Joseph on top with a record of 4-0, and and Franklin is right behind only because of the bye week at 3-0. and So the winner of that game tomorrow will basically take control of the Heartland Conference, and Franklin, by the way, has won 10 of the last 11 heartland conference championship so the lions are looking to try to spoil that and then next week our next roger bacon broadcast game will be back at bron Bazevich stadium it's going to be the last home game of the year rob homecoming big night october the 19th uh, it's going to be an exciting night at roger bacon and that will be against fenwick so we'll be on the air with that one at six o'clock as always and of course with the kickoff at seven o'clock from bron Bazevich stadium next week here on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Gives us an opportunity to take a look at the scores from last week around the GCL. Alter hammered this Carroll team 54-7. to We looked up the stats before tonight's ballgame, Rob, and boy, I'll tell you one thing. Teams have been able to run the football against Carroll. Yeah, it's interesting, and certainly this is a year where GCL teams are very good at running the ball. I think McNick may be the exception. Of course, we didn't see their number one tailback last week and saw a lot of Betalak kind of airing it out, but in a year where there's a lot of good backs, especially at Alter, where we saw a trio of them uh, a few weeks ago, 
uh, tough to stop the run, and they've had trouble doing it. Baden on Saturday night defeated Purcell 24-7. to But the big score of the night was last Friday. Fenwick defeating Chaminade Julian 34-19. For a couple of reasons that game was big. Not only did it knock Chaminade from the unbeaten ranks on the year, but the Spartans still have Fenwick on their schedule. With Fenwick beating Julian, if the Spartans next week... If they can win this game and then win next week against Fenwick, there's going to be a lot of points on the table in that game. They can beat Fenwick. Uh, you know, and, and I think how tough they played Chaminade. They really had Chaminade beat and then just lost steam at the end, You know, which is what happens when you play both ways. And, and Fenwick's another school that doesn't have really any guys who do that. that you know, they have an offense and a defense specifically. But Bacon, if they, they come out and play lights out like they have the past two home games at Roger Bacon, they have a chance. Of course, we need a little luck with injuries and some other guys getting back on the field. Uh, but, you know, at full speed, as close as we can get, you know, get a Zach Kuhlman back and a Zuri Edmondson, we have a shot, which is all you can ask for. So taking a look at the conference standings heading into tonight's action, Baden is on top of the Central with a record of 3-1. and one. Then comes Purcell and Roger Bacon, each at 1-3. and three. McNick is in the bottom at 0-4 after last week's loss to the Spartans. In the Northern Division, Alter has got a one-game lead with a 4-0 record. They've got that one-game lead over Julianne and Fenwick, each at 3-1. and one. And then comes Carroll at 1-3 and three in the bottom of the Northern Division. So, what's going on around the GCL tonight? It's all tonight action. It's all starting at 7 o'clock. Baden will be at Alter. McNicholas goes to Chaminade Julian. And Purcell will beat Fenwick. What would be nice out of those four games, Rob, is if McNick could pull the upset on Chaminade, and that would add even more points. And, you know, and that's not inconceivable. Now, the, the McNick team we saw last week... You know, isn't going to get the job done. I didn't think they played their best game. And, you know, Badalak, who's had some luck throwing the ball, didn't have much against Bacon and obviously threw the five picks, which isn't going to help. But Chaminade is beatable. They don't always come out firing on all cylinders, and it would not be unlike McNick to be able to go out there and win that. So let's talk about what is happening in the playoffs. And here's the Division Four Region 16 standings as of this week. Cincinnati-Wyoming unbeaten at 7-0 is at number one. Then comes Indian Hill at 6-1. They are number two. Number three is Clinton Massey at 6-1. Number four is London at 7-0. Waverly at 6-1 is number five. Taft is at sixth. Cincinnati-Aiken is number seven. And then comes Batavia at number eight. Then you drop to Plain City. They are just out in ninth place. Springfield Shawnee at 10th. Springfield Northwestern is in 11th. And then comes the Roger Bacon Spartans at number 12. Now, I'm not going to bother with the points. I mean, first of all, I'll just tell you this, that in eighth spot is Batavia. Their point total is 8.9286. Roger Bacon is in 12th. They are at 6.1571. So you would say, oh, my God, you know, they're, they're 2.8 points behind, but that could be made up in a week. Yeah, you know, you're playing up tonight, right? So you have a Division yeah. three opponent that has a chance for quality wins themselves. You have a chance for quality wins. Purcell tonight has a chance, right? I think they can beat uh, Baden. I think they're playing tonight. So, you know, there's another opportunity as these points kind of shake out can be made up in a week. Uh, you know, one night can kind of prompt you into the playoffs based on what happens around the rest of the city. The thing about it is you want to make the playoffs. That When you haven't been to the playoffs in so long, like Roger Bacon, 
the first goal is just to make the playoffs, and then the next goal is to win a game, and then the next goal is to get to the regional semifinals, and then the next goal is to get to the state semis. Yeah, and I think that's an accomplishment. So, you know, Mike Blout and staff didn't think this was the team that makes the run at state, right? I mean, they're still really young when you have a a sophomore running back as kind of your bell cow, a lot of young linemen still, young defensive backs. You know, last year we saw a lot of sophomores who were playing on Friday nights, and, and those guys are still just learning how to play. So... The goal was to kind of get a taste of it uh, and kind of build something and have momentum. You needed some breaks to make that happen, and the injury gods were not on their side this year. You know, a guy like Michael Carson, who's been out, you know, we had a, a Noah Miller out last week, which really hurt the, the depth on both lines. Even something as simple as Kuhlman not playing tonight now puts pressure on Kappel, who's also a linebacker. If he's got to play more both ways, he runs out of gas earlier. And now maybe you're rotating one of those young guys like sophomore Jake Mumper in at linebacker who's a little undersized and still green. And then the, the cascade starts. So it, it puts more challenge on Roger Bacon's plate, but making the playoffs would be a huge boost going into next year for this program. Now let's take a look at Division Three, Region 12. Chaminade Julian is still on top. Even though they got beat last week at 6-1, and one, they are at the number one spot. Kettering Archbishop Alter is at number two. Trotwood comes in at number three. Number four is Wapakoneta. Number five is Fenwick. Then is Hamilton Baden at number six. Number seven is Vandalia Butler. Number eight is Cincinnati Mount Healthy. Then you've got Piqua at nine, Hamilton Ross at ten, Salina at eleven, and Dayton Carroll. The team we're playing tonight is at number 12. So both of these teams need a win in order to stay in contention for the playoffs. And, and I really think tonight it's just getting the win. I, I don't know that they're re- they love to make the playoffs and it's a goal, but you know Mike goes to week to week, uh, and when you have injuries and you're dealing with all the adversity, I mean last week we had up to 15 kids who missed at least two days of school with illness. Uh, at some point you just say, hey, let's go out and get a victory against a rival. You did it last week. You've played really well three weeks in a row, right? You had chances against Baden and Chaminade to put wins up. Couldn't put it away. Last week you let McNick back in. It gets to be a tight game. Corey comes in and saves the day. So an opportunity to go on the road in this weather to a school like Carroll and get a win would be a, just a big night for them period, without worrying about playoffs. Well, tonight we've got the Spartans on the road taking on Carroll. Rob and I will be back with more after this. The year was 1907. The Cubs won the World Series and the Ford Model R hit the assembly line. While here in Ohio, school administrators came together to form the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One thing that hasn't changed since 1907 is the dedication of the OHSAA to education-based athletics in Ohio. School sports teach responsibility, sportsmanship, and life lessons that stay with students long after they're playing days are over. The OHSAA seeks to prepare students not for the next level of sport, but for the next level of life. When a challenge rises up, do we let it stand in our way or go the distance to overcome it? I didn't want to stay at the bottom, but after I was shot four times in Afghanistan, I was told I'd never walk again or have feeling below my waist. If I even survived, I felt paralyzed physically and mentally. There were many times where I took two steps forward only to be knocked back five. When I struggled to get up my hill, depression and thoughts of suicide threatened to keep me down forever. My wife and healthcare providers were there to catch me and push me forward. I learned that psychological care is key to recovery from both physical and invisible wounds. It's been more than two years and my journey is still ongoing, but I know I won't quit. Decide now that I can, I will take the first step. 
Reaching out is a sign of strength. Visit realwarriors.net or call 800-874-2273. Dave Mitchell, Rob Rickenbaugh back here at Patriot Stadium at Carroll High School. And not only is high school football going on, but tonight is midnight madness around a lot of the nation as far as college basketball is concerned. Yeah, and one location in particular, Dave, uh, a little bit south. Here we go. Thrill City. Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where the Tar Heels will tip off tonight. Late night with Roy, uh, a great team coming back. Led by, I thought the Hurricane canceled their season. No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, but a great team coming back. And, of course, the exciting freshman class, uh, what they're nicknamed a little black and white, Nasir Little, Kobe White, Leaky Black. Uh, but I do want to give a shout-out. Speaking of basketball and the team maybe I'm most excited to watch, this winter, Roger Bacon girls basketball, uh, Coach Jacob Cheeseman at Roger Bacon, they are unloaded, as you know, with uh, maybe the best team Roger Bacon's had since the 95 state champs, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, as a lot of schools are already nervous about having to face that Roger Bacon squad. Rob, I'll tell you one thing. After watching them last year, you know, I could see the potential that they had with just playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. They have got the talent right now, and you hate to put this kind of pressure on those young girls, but they have got the talent right now that they could run the table and win state. Yeah, and, and those two freshmen, uh, Kylie Shepard being one of those, uh, and Ms. Craig, who are only going to get better uh, in their sophomore years as they've kind of figured out the varsity game, uh, are going to be lights out. Yeah, it's going to be an outstanding season. That's going to get underway here in about three weeks with girls' hoops coming up, and I keep a close eye on that because, as you know, my younger son is a girls' varsity yeah, basketball yeah. coach up near Canton, Ohio, so we keep a very close eye. Carroll comes into tonight's ballgame, Rob, with a record of 4-3 and three overall. They're 1-3 and three in the GCL North. They started out the season winning their first four ball games at Stebbins and at Beaver Creek. Then they won at home over Washington Community High School out of Indiana, 42 to nothing, and they beat McNick 37-28 in the opening of the GCL conference play. But then, since they have gone on a three-game losing streak, they were beaten by Chaminade 61 to 30. That game, by the way, was the last one that Ryan Miner played for Julian at quarterback. Baden they lost to by three points, 24 to 21, and then last night they were, or last week I should say, they were drilled by Alter, 54 to 7. After tonight they've got two games left, of course. They'll play at Purcell at Walnut Hills High School, and then they come home and finish out the regular season with Fenwick. So they have been a team that has been up and down all year long. They really have, you know, so that they played the softer part of the schedule first, um, you know, capping it with McNick, who is, again, having a down year and may not, may not win another game the rest of the season. Uh, but then you get into Chaminade. They did play Baden tough, uh, you know, a Chaminade team that I thought we should have beat, and a Baden team we certainly should have beat. Uh, they played them very closely. You know, we lost that, that game in overtime. Uh, so it'll be interesting tonight. You know, I think they're a good team. They, they have good players. They're well coached. Um, not that they're never what Alter is, but whew, not many teams can ever stake that claim, so it'll, it should be a, a tough challenge for the Spartans. No, and it could be a battle of running backs tonight, because when you look at Carroll, they've got two running backs and Fred Butts and Eli Haney, who have combined for over a 1,000 yards on the season, and they're averaging about 200 yards a game in rushing. 
Yeah, which is about the same as Corey, right? So you, you have two guys on one side who are, who are producing what Corey kind of produces on ours. Of course, Corey's banged up. But on a night like this where it's cold, it's wet and rainy, we've we watched Tyler Bullock warming up here as we've been talking, and, you know, the ball floating a little bit and guys having trouble getting a handle on it. Uh, could be an interesting night where the, all the pressure's on the back. We'll be back to preview more of tonight's ball game and have the opening kickoff right after this. We have learned that one in five teens abuse prescription medications not prescribed to them that can lead to serious addictions. This is Governor John Kasich. Drugs are destroying our communities and taking futures away from our young people. That is why safety partners like the Ohio State Highway Patrol and the Ohio National Guard have joined forces to give our young folks five minutes for life, a program dedicated to reducing drug use among Ohio teens. Learn more about the program at Facebook.com slash five minutes for life. If I play sports for my school, I will have more confidence. I will get better grades. I will learn how to show good sportsmanship. I will be more physically fit. I will learn how to handle wins and losses in sports and in life. I will have more school spirit. I'll learn how to work together. I will learn to set goals and work to reach them. I'll make good decisions off the field. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. I will learn how to be a leader. The year was 1907. The Cubs won the World Series and the Ford Model R hit the assembly line. While here in Ohio, school administrators came together to form the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One thing that hasn't changed since 1907 is the dedication of the OHSAA to education-based athletics in Ohio. School sports teach responsibility, sportsmanship, and life lessons that stay with students long after their playing days are over. The OHSAA seeks to prepare students not for the next level of sport, but for the next level of life. Dave Mitchell, Rob Rickenbaugh back here at Carroll High School about five minutes before the kickoff of tonight's ball game. So let's, right now the Patriots are getting set to come out onto the field and break through. Um, we were expecting the national anthem, but evidently that's going to take a little bit longer to get through. The Carroll Panther, Patriots, I should say, are down at the uh, far end, just to our left here at the press box, situated on the home side of the field. Like we said, it is raining. It has let up just a little bit here tonight in Dayton. And here come the Patriots in their red and blue uniforms. The Spartans are over on the far end of the field to our right. And they, of course, are in their road uniforms this evening as they are watching the Patriots come out onto the field. Here just minutes before tonight's ball game. Rob, you brought up Corey Kiner's stats and how Carroll's running back situation is about equal to what Corey has done this year. Well, his stats so far on the season. Corey in 135 rushing attempts, 1,251 yards. He's averaging 179 yards rushing a game and 9.3 per carry average. And he's got 20 touchdowns rushing five touchdowns receiving for a total of 25 on the season. Now let's pause for our national anthem.
And that's the Carroll High School Marching Band with tonight's national anthem as the Patriots are already out on the field and the Spartans in the end zone to the right of us are now down getting ready to hit their sideline tonight. Rob, as we've talked about, this is a very important game, but as far as we look at the stands tonight, to be honest, it is a sparse crowd here this evening and a lot of the Roger Bacon fans did not make the trip, so if they're home listening to us tonight, sit back, enjoy this one. We're going to bring it to you here from Patriot Stadium. Going to be a good one here tonight as the rain has let up. That's one of the good things that has started out tonight, and hopefully the lightning stays away. Yeah, you know, between it's a long drive anyway. You know, we're supposed to have the, the traffic mess due to a, a visitor we have here in town, and then the rain and, and the weather certainly makes it, Difficult, although, again, it's nice to have football weather back if you're going to go to a football game. so Who's coming to town, Diane Feinstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, or Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Chuck Schumer rally out in Lebanon. But, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the reasons as you drive out, you think about the change next year to Miami Valley uh, and leaving the GCL, and it's these 90-minute drives north that, you know, it's one thing to come out on a Friday night for a football game. It's still strenuous, right? It's hard for a team to get back out and play football when you've been lulled to sleep on a bus, but the volleyball teams and the basketball teams, you know, on a Tuesday night that have to drag out, uh, it's more than time for them to move back and play teams that are in the Cincinnati area. Rob, I'm used to making the trips to the Heartland Conference well, yeah. schools, so the, these kind of drives up to Dayton is a nice little getaway for well, me. I will tell you, you know, I read an interesting article today about the debt that college programs take on with, oh. the, with the expansion of the conferences being a factor as far as travel expenses, right? So now... You're not just playing regionally, you're playing nationally with some of these schools, you know, going, you know, from Missouri all the way out to, to the East Coast. And th- this is an example of where some of the high schools getting that way, too. Costs are starting to escalate, and you don't have the budgets. Well, you want to talk about something? I just found out today that Mount St. Joseph is going to go play in New York, New York City, the final game of next year's season. Notre Dame's playing there this year. That's interesting. Uh, and the Mount's not Notre Dame. So uh, it's a it's a big step. I, it's, I love the program. My cousin played there. Uh, I love having football on the west side. But uh, that seems like a, an expensive trip for a small school. It, it should be. Okay, so back set to return. Roger Bacon is going to kick the football off. They will be going from right to left across your computer screen. Will Severt back set to return along with Ethan Braun and... Bird is going to punch kick it right up the field. It goes to Jonathan Beering, and Beering is going to be hit at the 35, struggle forward to about the 36-yard line, and that's where the Carroll Patriots will start first and 10 from their own 36-yard line. They'll be going from left to right across your computer screen, adorned in their red jersey tops with blue pants, white numerals, blue trim, and white helmets for Roger Bacon. They're in their... Road white tops with brown pants, brown numerals, gold trim, and the white helmets here this evening. That was like a delayed whistle for uh, him having lost forward progress. Yeah. He took some shots he didn't need to take. Going to be the pistol formation, but actually a T formation. And they've got Butts and Haney in the backfield behind Trent Fox, the quarterback. And running around the right-hand side is Butts. Butts takes it out to the 40-yard line. 
for a gain of four. Let's talk about Fred Butts. We talked a little bit about him in the pregame show, but I didn't give you his stats. He's a 6'3", 255-pound senior running back. He's a big kid. Uh, and you know this will be interesting because I, I think the one piece of the Roger Bacon defense that's been consistent all year is against the run, the alter game being the exception. We had a lot of extenuating circumstances there. Interesting contrast tonight. Heading out wide to the right-hand side is Sam Severed, and the handoff's going to go to Butts right behind the right guard. He's going to struggle forward across the 42, out near the 43-yard line. That'll be a gain of two, and it'll set up third down and along two yards to go. Uh, and this is where having, you know, No Miller and, and Tebby back and healthy this week will help tremendously as far as being, you know, trying to bring it out 260-pound running back. Ryan Halla starting at that strong safety position tonight. I think he earned that last After week. After last week with the three interceptions, yes. School record gets you a, uh, another shot on the following Friday. Heading out wide to the left-hand side is Jonathan Beering. He was back set to return earlier tonight. They've got receivers out wide on both sides. Handoff goes to Butts behind left guard. He's going to be stacked up shy of the first down. Nolan he, didn't even, he didn't even get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, big Nolan Tebby got right into the gap uh, and met him. Tebby, of course, goes about 290, uh, you know, force-matching force, and he's able to hold him back. Brings up fourth down, along two yards to go, and Bearing will come in to punt the football away. Now with out Coolman tonight, it is going to be Tumlin to return punts here this evening. If you missed the pregame, Edmondson is out of the ball game tonight, and so is Kuhlman. High snap goes right over the head of Beering. Beering goes back to his 25, picks it up. He's going to be hit and tried to punch it, punch put it, pooch it, and he couldn't get it, fumbled the football. It doesn't matter what happens, who recovers it. Roger Bacon will get it back, and the Spartans... Get the ball at the Carroll 27-yard line. You know, and, and as we got going here, the rain kind of picked up, uh, and we had watched the ball sail a little bit in warm-ups, uh, doing some unusual things, a little bit windy down there on the field. Uh, in Roger Bacon's favor there, they start the ball with great field position. Rain starts to pick up. Looked like Nate Stark may have gotten the fumble recovery. Halla goes out wide to the right-hand side, and I apologize for the last two years I've been calling him Ryan Halal, but it's actually Halla. It's that you, man. Throws you off. There you go. And the handoff goes to Kiner right up the middle, and Corey is going to take it across the 30 down to the 27-yard line. It's going to be a gain of a yard for the Spartan sophomore. Yeah, and they're ready for that, of course. You know, they've seen enough tape, as everybody else has, that, you know, look how many guys are in the box. Uh, They know what to expect from this Roger Bacon team on a night like tonight. Coming out wide to the left-hand side is Bird. Lackey slot left. Now moving in motion to the near side. Lackey. Handoff goes to Tumlin. Tumlin, or excuse me, to Kiner. Kiner takes it inside the 25 and spins forward near the 20-yard line. He's going to be shy of the first down by about a yard. Yep, just about a yard. So uh, this will be a good opportunity for uh, put Mr. Bullock under center and let him roll forward with his 250-pound frame. Ball right at the 20-yard line, third down and a long yard to go for the Spartans. Kiner to the right of Bullock, and Kiner's going to get the handoff behind left tackle. He's going to be hit at the 19, breaks a couple of tackles, and bounces it down to the 17-yard line. He's got the first down on a gain of three. He looks much better than last week, uh, for sure. Hey, I, So I'm watching Fox 19, Joe Daneman, his dad, the Roger Bacon grad, doing the, the game last week, and... Tyler Bullock, interesting comparison. Cardell Jones from Ohio State. I hadn't thought of it before, but not not too far off with that. No, I would agree with that. 
A lot more than I would Roethlisberger. Well, he likes Roethlisberger, so <laughs> I, I give him that one. Kiner to the left, fake handoff. Bullock now does give it off to Kiner. Kiner cuts it to the right, can't find anything. Tried to cut it back to the left-hand side. He's going to be stacked up and down at the 22-yard line for a loss of four. I actually think he had that had he kept going outside. I don't know why he cut that back and stopped and went back to the heart of those guys who had pressure. Uh, he goes a little bit wide left. Uh, I think he at least makes it... Uh, maybe a one or two yard gain. Loss of about four brings up second down and call it about 15 yards to go for the Spartans. They need to get down inside the 10 yard line near the seven for a first down. Ball resting right at the 20 yard or the 20 yard line. Bullock with the ball on the far hash mark. Receiver split on both sides. Bullock's going to throw his first pass of the game complete out to Hala. Hala, he's going to take it inside the 20 down to the 14 yard line. Good catch by Ryan Holla. If he can come through tonight and uh, take some of the pressure off Tyler Bullock uh, after the game he had last week, he will start to uh, secure a solid spot in the rotation both sides of the ball. He's too good an athlete to keep off the field. Great quarterback, too. You know, he's the future at that position. Holla goes out wide to the right-hand side. Tumlin and Berg are out wide left. Kiner to the left of Bullock out of the pistol. Hand off to Kiner right up the middle. Now cuts it to the outside down near the 10-yard line. He's going to gain four on the play. And it'll bring up fourth down and about four yards to go for a Spartan first down. Well, this was two down territory anyway. So uh, get back to a, as fourth and as short as you can get. Uh, would have liked a little bit closer because you probably go Kiner there, but we'll see what uh, Mike Bob dials up on a fourth and four. Clock continues to run. We are at seven minutes to go in this first quarter. No score. Spartans with the first possession of the night. Lackey's going to get it on the jet around the left side. He cuts it inside the five. He'll take it in for the score. Lackey on the jet takes it in from 10 yards out, and the Spartans jump out on top early by the score of 6 to nothing. And if you look at how they set that up, Tumlin actually lined up a little bit close to the tackle, which made me think, with all that room out there, he could have run like a 5-yard out and probably been wide open uh, for an easy pitch and catch, but instead they run the jet sweep around that side. Wide open, great blocking, and Lackey goes in untouched. And we talked about in the pregame show, Rob, where teams have had a lot of success against Carroll this year rushing the football. Spartans only one pass in that drive. Yeah, and, and just enough to kind of keep them honest uh, to set that play up. But uh, a great play call, and on a night like tonight, you, you got to be strong in the run game. Blout the holder. It is a wet night, so keep an eye on that. We've already had one fumbled snap. Good snap. Blout gets it down. Bird puts it up, and it is good. 6.52 to go in this first quarter. Your score now, Roger Bacon, 7. Carroll, nothing. Do you hate that feeling when you get in your car and the sun hits you directly in the eyes? Call T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio at 4671 Industry Drive in Fairfield. And if your audio system makes you feel sad and grumpy, T-Spot can set you up nicely with a new system that puts you in the middle of the music. Call 513-829-2530. T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio has a vast depth of knowledge and provides genuine, reasonable, meticulous work. Let us help. T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio at 4671 Industry Drive in Fairfield. Call 513-829-2530. Spartan fans, do you need legal help? Someone you can trust with years of experience? Don't wait any longer. Pick up the phone and call Ed Nolan McLeod. 
With 35 years of collection law experience in both Ohio and Kentucky, Noah and McLeod have handled all types of collection matters, including consumer, retail, and commercial claims. If you need help with your past due accounts, utilize a local attorney with the ability to collect your money. Then call Noah McLeod at 513-381-7333. Put the odds in your favor. Noah McLeod, a strong supporter of Roger Bacon Athletics. Well, while you were away, the Spartans kicked it off, and it was another pooch punt that was taken in by Michael Cozart at the 43-yard line. So the Patriots have the football first and 10 from their own 43. And again, they have got... Their junior quarterback, Trent Fox, completing 56% of his passes this year. Shifts butts over from the right to the left, and now movement flag down. A lot of movement on that line, and it'll be illegal procedure called against the Patriots. Yeah, number five jumped. You know, I, I don't get, you know, we, we watched Bird kick the extra point. That ball looked like it went about 40 or 45 yards right through the uprights. Uh, why we're not legging it more? Play the field position game a little bit. You let them start the ball almost to the 50 uh, as we saw against Baden and Carroll, that, that can be a bad recipe, and Huron for that matter. So instead of first and 10 from the 43, it'll be first and 15 from the 38. 648 left to go in the first quarter. Spartans lead at 7 nothing. Handoff goes to Butts. Butts breaks a couple of tackles, hanging onto that football all the way down outside the 45 to the 50 and into Roger Bacon territory down at the 49-yard line. That's a gain of 14, and it'll be second down and a yard. Yeah, that, that was a good physical run. I, I think that was Haney, uh, much smaller than the, the Mr. Butts, but a good physical run. And the handoff is going to go to Haney, and Haney, he's going to take it across the line of scrimmage, struggle forward to the 47 of Roger Bacon, and a two-yard gain and a first down. Yeah, good physical run. Uh, rotate some guys in, big Noah Miller coming in. Let's see if we can uh, compile them up here and, and get them throwing. That's where the, the illness and the injuries have really hurt Roger Bacon. Now we've got a timeout on the field, so we'll take one also. 6.08 left to go in this first quarter. We have got a 7-0 Roger Bacon lead over the Carroll Patriots. Great food and a fun atmosphere. Join your old friends and new at Sunday's Pub on 8582 Winton Road in Finneytown. The month of October marks the 10th anniversary for Sundays, and they're celebrating. On Mondays is server night. All domestic beers are $1.50. Stop in on Fridays before the game starting at 4 for free appetizers. And when the Bengals are on the road, join Sundays for a Bengals potluck party. See the Bengals on the big screens at Sundays. Your taste buds will water when you walk into Sunday's Pub. Sunday's Pub, 8582 Winston Road in Finneytown. Well, during that break, the officials brought in the chains. Only the second time we've seen that this year. I almost forgot what that looked like. They brought it out, measured, and Carroll is about a half a yard shy of a first down. So it'll be third down, call it a half yard. They're going to go the old-fashioned under-the-center T formation. Full house backfield. And keeping it is Trent Fox. And Fox is being shoved from behind inside the 45, down to the 40, and inside the 40, down to the 38-yard line. The old bush push. Yeah. The butts push. He had a crease, and a 260-pound running back just got behind him and pushed him the rest of the way. Eight yards on that carry and a first down for the Carroll Patriots. They will send out wide to the right-hand side. Will Severt coming out near side is Dijon Lajeunesse. Lajeunesse is their leading receiver. Handoff goes to Haney. Haney off the left tackle. He's going to struggle down to the 35-yard line for a gain of two on the carry. 
Yeah, they're committed to running the ball. It's going to really be on the, the you know the pressure on these line then for Roger Bacon to, to see if they can stop it. Is it just me or these lights continue to kind of fade in and out on us up here? Yeah, it's spooky. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know it's close to Halloween, but uh, yeah. somebody needs to get an electrician out here pretty quick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I passed a body on the way up the stairs. <laughs> Five minutes to go in this first quarter of play. It's 7 nothing. Roger Bacon Haney to the right. Of the quarterback, Fox. Haney's going to take the pitcher on the right-hand side, and he's going to take it inside the 35 to the 34-yard line. Gain of two. I thought Stark got held a little bit there as he was trying to, to come out and, and get to the edge. Uh, that offensive lineman just having a little bit of that jersey around that abdominal area, but uh, able to get out there and bring him down and bring up a big third down. Spartans lead it by a touchdown, breaking the huddle. The Patriots, 451 left to go in this first quarter of play. Fox, the quarterback, now looks over to the sideline out of the pistol. He's got Haney to the left. They've got receivers split on both sides. Ball in the near hash mark in the rain. And Fox is going to throw the ball out on the left-hand side, complete to Severt. Severt is going to grab it at the 25 and be brought down at the 23-yard line. And he's got another first down after a gain of about eight on that reception. Yeah, uh, man coverage, but, but playing way too far off on those receivers there. That was an easy five-yard in route that uh, he's able to, to throw right out there. That was Will Severt who caught that ball. John Lajeunesse, they have got three Lajeunesses on this team. And if you think that's an well, easy... That's the, the famous Dayton Lajeunesse family, yes. right? <laughs> Haney to the left. It's like Schillmeyer's down at and Roger Bacon. Moving in motion to the far side is Sam Severt, and the handoff goes to Haney. Haney inside the 20, down to the 18-yard line. That's going to be another gain of four on the play for Haney. And the ground-and-pound football game I think we're in for tonight. Yeah, that clock continues to run. Four minutes to go. Haney, 5'9", 180 pounds. He is a stout 5'9", 180. He's a physical kid. He's to the right of Fox. Receivers out wide on both sides. Now Haney moves to the left-hand side and movement on the line by the Patriots. Their offensive lineman, Garrett Walker, jumped the snap count. Haney jumped too, so I don't know where the miscommunication was there. We had two guys who were both taken off. So it'll be a legal procedure called against the Patriots. And interestingly, I think Haney jumped first from the backfield. So, 3.45 and running left to go in this first quarter of play. Spartans lead it seven to nothing on a rainy Friday night. Haney is to the right of Fox. Trips out to the far side now for the Patriots. Moving over to the left-hand side is Haney. Now Fox is going to roll out to the left out of the shotgun. Throws it out into the left-hand side, and it is complete to his intended receiver at the 15. He's going to take it down to the 10-yard line, and that is Will Severt with the catch. And this is, you know, we, we talked about the injury issues, right? So you have a guy like Kuhlman who may get some time at corner and probably could help on the defense. A Greer who's shifted over to back up Kiner. He's usually out there playing defensive back. So as Roger Bacon shifts guys around, you can see some of the weaknesses that it creates in your lineup. Rain continuing to come down. Going out wide to the right-hand side is Sievert. Now moving in motion to the near side is Lajeunesse. Handoff goes to Haney, and Haney's going to take it inside the five down to the three. Boy, this is just an old-fashioned snap up the chin straps and move the football down the field via the run. 
Yeah, it is. It, it's uh, it's football. Football weather's back, and so is you know we're on a grass field, an old stadium, two uh, long-time GCL teams here in the Cincinnati area. No surprise to, to get a game like this on a night like tonight. Sievert out wide to the right-hand side. McWilliams is slot right now. They've got a wing formation. Now moving in motion is Butts, and the pitch out is going to come to Will Sievert, and he's going to drop it on the pass attempt. So the incompletion, first one of the night by Trent Fox, brings up the second down and two yards to go. They can actually pick up a first down just inside the two. Ball resting near the four-yard line. You have a 260-pound running back. I don't know why you're trying to throw the ball from the three- or four-yard line. Now they go with the T formation. They've got butts in the backfield with Haney. And Fox is under center. And the handoff is going to go to Haney. And Haney's going to be stacked up and driven back. He may not have gained a yard. As a matter of fact, they're going to mark him back about a half yard for a loss. And it'll bring up fourth down and two yards to go. Big, big play for the Spartan defense. Evers into the ball game. He's over on the left-hand side. Butts in the middle, and Haney is on the right-hand side in that T formation. Fox under center on fourth and two. Handoff. Now they're going to throw a little pass over the middle off the fake handoff, and it is complete touchdown. John Lajeunesse caught it right over the middle, and he was wide open. And it makes it a 7-6 to six ball game. Yep, Bacon had actually subbed out. Uh, they brought Big Nolan Tebby in to go next to Miller. They're committing to stopping that run and clearly thought that's what the play design was going to be. Great play action. Gets the defense to bite. He goes right over the top. And La Jeunesse making a great one-handed catch to kind of secure it and uh, bring it in. So, with a minute 40 to go in the first quarter, it makes it 7-6, to six, and Greer is in to attempt the extra point. Greer will line it up. Cade Greer, he is a junior. Good snap. Kick is up by Cade Greer, and it is good. Just inside the left upright. A minute 40 to go in this first quarter. We are now tied up. It is Roger Bacon 7, Carroll 7. All right, we'll go here in three. If I play sports for my school, I will have more confidence. I will get better grades. I will learn how to show good sportsmanship. I will be more physically fit. I will learn how to handle wins and losses in sports and in life. I will have more school spirit. I'll learn how to work together. I will learn to set goals and work to reach them. I'll make good decisions off the field. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. I will learn how to be a leader. Greer is going to kick it off, and he's going to squib it up the field, and it'll be dropped on by one of the upbacks for Roger Bacon. It looks like Greer just kicked it off to Greer, and he downed it at the 30-yard line, and that's where the Spartans will take over first and 10. Yep, and I imagine, you know, we're going to kind of get the same thing we just saw out of Carroll, which is a heavy dose of the running game. The difference is 
we don't really have anything behind Corey Kiner. Uh, we got him, and we got Freddie Greer and Jamal Hutzel, the freshman, who are going to try to spell him. But on a night like tonight, having a full slate of, of depth there would be helpful. Of course, the Spartans playing without Edmondson and Coleman tonight. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner up the middle. Cuts it to the far side, and he's going to be hitting the face, face mask. Twisted around to the 45-50 into Carroll territory, and he's going to be run out of bounds at the 41-yard line. But, boy, did they grab a full handful of face mask on Corey Kiner. And it'll be the personal foul kind, so they'll add 15 more yards onto that from the 41 in Carroll territory. Aren't many guys could literally have a, a linebacker hanging off of the face mask on his way to the ground, and, and he doesn't bring you down. You know, you break free and pick up 25 more yards, uh, plus the 15 they'll tack on will put them uh, in good position. Take them down to the 25-yard line. So the Spartans back in Carroll territory. They were here just five minutes ago. Bullock on first and ten from the Carroll 25. Receivers split on both sides. Kiner to the right of Bullock. Hand off to Kiner off left tackle. Takes it down to the 20. A gain of five on the play. Uh, and he looks much better than last week. Looks more comfortable and healthier. Uh, I know he uh, he visited my good friend Mike Terjanica this week at Arosti. Uh, got him back in, in good game playing shape and, and looks strong tonight. Spartans down to the Carroll. Well, we'll call it the 21-yard line as it's just outside the 20. Tyler Bullock seems like the Spartans are having a little trouble getting the play in. Now the back judge puts the hand up in the air, and Lackey is going to run from the near side. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner right up the middle inside the 20 to the 15, and he'll be brought down at the 14. Well, when you're in doubt, just hand the ball off to 22. It's your safest play. Uh, and I don't care what, you know who you are in the city. There's not a better play you could draw up than give the ball to Corey Kiner. Ball right at the, call it the 13-yard line. First and 10 for the Spartans. Hard to see the yard markers here tonight, especially with all the rain. Bullock is going to throw his second pass of the night, complete out into the right flat to Lackey. Lackey is going to struggle near the 11-yard line. Two for two on the night by Bullock, but that's just for a short gain of two yards. Brings up second down and eight. Uh, What's with the chicken? The Dayton Carroll Chickens, famous Dayton Carroll Chickens down here uh, to visit the kids. Uh, oh, there they are. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was wondering what you were talking yeah, about it's, for it's, a second. It reminds me of Gritty, the uh, Philadelphia Flyer mascot. Well, that's going to do it for the end of the first quarter of play, and it's been a fast one. In the rain from Carroll High School, your score, Roger Bacon 7 and the Patriots 7. 169. Yes, 169. It's Rocktoberfest at Jake Sweeney Jeep Tri-County. During Jeep Adventure Days, lease a new brand Cherokee Laredo for only 169 a month. Only at Jake Sweeney Jeep Tri-County. The Lucky Turtle is located in Finneytown on 8621 Winton Road next to Arby's. With 23 taps of rotating craft and local beers, plus a large selection of other fine spirits, the Lucky Turtle has weekly events, including live music, final night on Tuesdays, and trivia on Thursdays. They offer great food options from empanadas, a key, or you can bring in your own food. The Lucky Turtle is very accommodating for parties and events, so stop in for a relaxing, no-frills good time. The Lucky Turtle, owned by Frank Cena, Roger Bacon, class of 19. 1991. 
Hi, this is Tim with Stacy Heating and Air Solutions. We know how important heating and cooling your home can be to you. Here at Stacy Heating and Air, we aim to please at a price that can't be beat. Being a locally owned and operated company, we have gained a reputation because of the satisfaction of our customers. Don't pay high prices for mediocre service when you will get the best with us for less. Call me today at 513-367-HEAT or visit us on the web at stacyheatingandair.com. That's stacyheatingandair.com. Well, as we open up the second quarter of play, Spartans pitch it out around the left-hand side to Kiner. Kiner inside the 10, and he's going to take it down near the 5-yard line. He's got a gain of 7 and another first down for the Spartans. And it'll be first and goal for Roger Bacon at the 5-yard line of the Carroll Patriots. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a select fest, right? It may be who scores last, wins this game. So it's first to goal from the three-yard line of the Patriots. Kiner to the left. Receiver split out wide on both sides. Hand off to Kiner right up the middle. He's going to take it into the end zone for the score. Number 26 on the year, 21st rushing touchdown. His goal was the, the school record in touchdowns, 29 by Jared Dean. Uh, that's a lofty number, right? Although so is 10 yards a carry. He is approaching both. Uh, I thought no one would ever break the great Walt Wreckers 10 yards per carry in a season. He's right on the cusp, and uh, Mr. Dean's touchdown record may be in jeopardy as well. So the Spartans take the lead 13-7 to with 11.32 to go in this first half. Blout the holder. Bird will attempt the extra point into the wind. Good snap. Kick is up by Bird, and the kick is good. 11.32 to go in the first half. It's now Roger Bacon 14, the Carroll Patriots 7. Substation 2 has been bringing Florence the freshest food at the lowest prices since 1981. You've tried the rest, now come taste the best fresh sliced sub sandwiches anywhere. Substation 2 was voted the best sub sandwich in Northern Kentucky by Northern Kentucky Magazine in 2016. Let Substation 2 cater your next event. Give them a call at 859-371-9490 or come visit them at 7905 Dream Street in Florence. Substation 2, quality at a price you can afford. Think about your home. What do you see? Do you just see two stories or the stories of your toddler's first steps? Now think about your car. Do you see an odometer reading or your kids reading in the back seat? Other insurance companies just see a house. They just see a car. But a state farm agent sees what your home and your car really mean to you. So why not give them the protection they deserve? Call your state farm agent, Jason Regelsberger, at 513-574-8811. So Luke Bird pooches it up the left-hand side, and the Patriots collect it in inside their own 30 at the 28-yard line. And the Patriots will start first and 10 in the rain, down 14-7. to seven. I just I just think, and unless there's some other reason, you're not kicking it off as deep as you can in a game like this. You've got to you play the field position game and make them earn every touchdown they get. Kick it as far as you can. The pooch stuff, uh, not great. Will Severt goes out wide to the right-hand side. Jonathan Beering comes out wide to the left. Now moving in motion to the near side is the running back Haney, and Haney's going to take it right up the middle out to the 30-yard line for a gain of three. Boy, it's been Haney all night long. He's got seven carries, 41 yards on the night. You know, I drove out here, didn't see anything as far as rain goes, and it held off most of warm-ups, and then it's like as soon as kickoff comes, we just have had a steady drizzle coming the whole time. 
Sam severed out of the ball game and coming into the running back position is Matthew Evers. Evers, a 5'10", 190-pound senior. And he'll line up at a wing left. Haney to the left of Fox. Haney gets the handoff up the middle. He's going to be tripped up at the 31 and spin forward to the 32-yard line. Gain of a yard on the play brings up third down and a long six yards to go. Yeah, and this is where I I come up with some press coverage on those receivers, bump them getting off the line, uh, try to get some penetration in there and uh, break up what's probably going to be a, a pass play on this, probably something short, quick post. 10-20 10-20 and running left to go in the first half of action. At halftime, we'll talk about the Mount St. Joseph-Franklin game tomorrow. Now the official, the side judge, is going to make Will Sievert come off the field because evidently he did not have a mouth guard in. And that brings in Donovan Lajeunesse. A good eye to see that. Lajeunesse into the ball game. Comes in at that slot left position. And now the side judge wants the play clock to restart up at 25. And that's where they'll put it. So now the game clock will restart at 10-13. For Sam Sievert over on the left-hand side of this formation. He's lining up at the slot on the left, but he keeps wanting to move in motion to the near side, and they've had to stop it three times, and now he finally gets to come that way. Dropping back Fox. Fox is going to throw it deep down the middle. He's got a receiver complete to Donovan Lajeunesse. He takes it inside the 35 down to the 31-yard line. Yeah, just they, they brought Halla up to the line. Had no safety protection back there in man coverage, and uh, he's able to go right down the seam and make an easy catch as uh, he lost the defender, had about a yard on him. 37 yards on the completion, down to the Roger Bacon 34-yard line. Four for five passing tonight for Trent Fox, who came in completing 56% of his passes. Had seven touchdowns, two interceptions, 815 yards on the season. Now the side judge again is going to take a whistle, and it'll be a timeout taken by Roger Bacon. 9.22 left to go in this first half. Roger Bacon takes a T.O. Your score? It's the Spartans 14, the Patriots 7. Since 1969, Vonderhaar's Catering has provided services for social and corporate events, private gatherings, reunions, company outings, and wedding receptions. Vonderhaar's will help you customize a menu for all types of events and clients with personal attention and excellent quality food and service. Let Vonderhaar's Catering make your event memorable with quality food and complete professional staffing. Vonderhaar's Catering, selected as one of the five preferred caterers at the newly renovated Music Hall. Before you finalize your menu, call Vonderhaar's Catering, 513-554-1969. So after that timeout taken by Roger Bacon, both teams come back out to the line of scrimmage. And it will be first down 10 for the Patriots from the Roger Bacon 34-yard line. Sam Sever back into the ballgame. Haney moves over to the left-hand side. Fox is going to roll out to the left. He's going to throw it out to the left-hand side, and it is incomplete over the head of Sam Sievert. Yeah, and that, that was another play. It almost mirrored the the last one where Halla from that deep safety position comes up to the line, and then that quarterback as he rolls, he makes a break towards him rather than stay back as kind of your safety net, right? So uh, 
unable to, to go short there and not be successful, but had a guy behind him, I think that uh, had he had a second more, probably hits. Second down, 10 yards to go for the Patriots at the Roger Bacon 34-yard line. They've got Haney to the right of Fox. Receivers out wide to the left-hand side. Now Haney moves over to the left-hand side. And the flag has been thrown in, an illegal procedure called against the Patriots. It's another penalty against them, and it'll knock them back five yards, back to the 44-yard line, bring up second and 15. I think that's the third one. So uh, a break, you know, get them moving in the wrong direction here on on second down. Uh, Get a big stop here, make it third and long, try to get this ball back on downs and uh, see if you can make another run at it. Fred Butts into the ball game now. Back in at running back. He is the 6'3", 250-pound running back. Butts to the left of Fox. Boy, Butts makes Fox look small. Now Butts moves out of the backfield, making it a shotgun. Fox is going to throw over the middle, complete to Bearing. Bearing inside the 30, and he's going to be brought down at the 26. That'll be a gain of about 11 on the catch. And it brings up third down and two yards to go. It's maybe zone coverage there, so they run butts out. He freezes that corner as he runs the wheel route, and then uh, the, the, run, the receiver's able to kind of make a break on the post. Safety's slow to react, and uh, it's an easy pitch and catch. Evers back into the ball game. He goes wing right. Now he moves over to the left-hand side, hand off the butts right up the middle, trying to get the first down. He'll barrel it inside the 25, down to the 23, and he's got the first down after a gain of three. Boy, he is a load. Yeah. When he gets ahead of steam, to bring him down without him gaining a yard or two is almost impossible. Yeah. Once he's through the line, you know, it takes two guys to drag him down. First down, 10 yards to go for the Patriots at the 23 of Roger Bacon. Fox is going to take the handoff. Handoff, fake handoff, throws it out into the flat, and it is complete. Out on the left-hand side to Evers, and Evers cuts it down inside the 10, and he's going to be down to the 6-yard line. He coughed up the football at the very end, but the official came in and said he was down. 14 yards on the catch and a first down. Well, his boy Lajeunesse was there anyway to to hop on it, but it would have been a big break. Uh, They're having a lot of luck getting those receivers out there right into that 1- or 2-yard flat uh, and making it an easy pass for the quarterback. So Carroll, first and goal from the Roger Bacon seven-yard line. Haney in the backfield with Fox. Now they'll move their tight end to a wing formation. Handoff going to go to Haney. Haney right up the middle, and he'll bust it in for the score. Boy, he put his head down and bowled right over Halla for the score. Yeah, Halla, just a sophomore uh, in the... 170-pound range, if I'm yeah. being generous, uh, is given up a load, right? He's given up half his body weight to this kid. Uh, so didn't didn't come in, came in high. You know, never. that's not how you bring a big guy like that down and, and never had a chance. Well, we're an extra point away from being tied for the fourth time tonight. 7.43 left to go in this first half of action. In to attempt the extra point is Greer. And he puts her up with the right foot, and it is good. 7.43 to go in this first half. We're tied again. Carroll 14, Roger Bacon 14. When you're looking for a family place to go after the game, stop by the Game On Sports Bar and Grill at 5880 Chevy Road. 
with several TVs, stay on top of all the games all at once that came on. Great for the upcoming bowl season and NFL playoffs. Bring the kids. Game On has a family atmosphere that everyone will enjoy. You're home for all the Xavier and UC games with $12 buckets. Like us on Facebook. In a great location, the place to be before, during, and after the games. The Game On Sports Bar and Grill, located at 5880 Chevy Out Road in White Oaks. Is your gymnasium outdated? Are your basketball backboards, bleachers, scoreboards, wall pads, and divider curtains needing maintenance? They can become huge safety concerns for students and athletes. Proper maintenance and service is critical to keeping your kids safe and prolonging your equipment. Borgman Athletics is committed to providing your school with sporting equipment that you can depend on. With state-of-the-art equipment and training, Borgman Athletics completes the job in a timely, safe, and cost-effective manner. Check them out online at BorgmanAthletics.com. At Borgman Athletics, we make sports happen. Stephen Chapman will kick it off for the Patriots, and he's going to squib it right up the middle, and it'll be taken in by Kiner at the 25. Kiner cuts it up the middle to the 25, to the 30, to the 35, down to the 38-yard line before he is stopped right there after 18 yards on the return, and the Spartans will start out right there in their own territory. At the, they're going to give him his forward progress all the way out to the 40. He hates to be tackled, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> he will fight through that to uh, his last breath, man. He he does not like to go down. Kiner in officially 10 carries, 84 yards tonight. He's got a touchdown. Holla moving in motion to the right hand side. Lackey. Slot right. Bird out wide to the left. Now moving in motion to the near side is Tumlin. They're going to give it to him on the shovel pass around the right side. Tumlin across the 40. He's going to be chased down from behind at the 42-yard line. Gain of two. He had a chance on that one. He just stayed east-west a little bit too long, right? He, he kind of missed his window to turn it up. There was only about another yard and a half to the outside. Anyway, at some point you got to go and get north-south. If he does that, it's maybe three or four instead. It's a short gain. 7.18 to go. The umbrella's out on both sides of the field tonight in the rain here in the first half. 14-14 your score. Bullock hand off to Kiner right up the middle across the 45 and brought down at the 47-yard line. That's a gain of five for the sophomore. Yeah, no, I don't know why you do anything different at this point. <laughs> if he's going to get at least five yards every time he touches it, which he is, right? He's, he's averaging eight tonight. Third down, four yards to go for the Spartan first down. Now they'll move it back nearer, closer to the 46-yard line instead of the 47. Third down, still four yards to go. Receivers out wide. Moving in motion is Lackey. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner off left tackle. He's got the first down into Carroll territory. Brought down at the 48-yard line. Another gain of five. And a little bit different look than we've seen previously with a little bit of a delay. You know, he's always in the in the gun, so he never really the pistol never really has time to kind of set up a draw. And in that one with Lackey faking the sweep across and kind of Freezing the defense, a little bit of a delay to Kiner for about a nine-yard gain. 6.15 left to go in this first half. Ball in Carroll territory at the 49-yard line. Spartans first and 10. Fake handoff. Bullock's going to throw it out into the left flat, complete to Tumlin. Tumlin right at the line of scrimmage, can't get any traction, and goes down right at the line for no gain. That was a long play. So you're on the wide hash mark, and you have to throw that ball all the way across field, uh, giving that defender plenty of time to come up. And if he doesn't make a move to make him miss the first time, then you know it's going to go for no gain, if not a loss. And he was kind of lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage. Long throw to make, even for a guy with Bullock's arm. Second down, 10 yards to go. Holla out wide to the right-hand side. Wide to the left is 
Chapel now pitching it out around the right-hand side is Kiner. Kiner to the 45, to the 40, breaks the tackle and gets run out of bounds inside the 40 to the 37-yard line. That's an 11-yard gain and another first down for the Spartans. And I'm going to say it so it doesn't happen, but with some of these pitches that Tyler Bullock has thrown, we've seen one to Tumlin and Kiner both on this drive. We've seen a couple earlier. Uh, a little bit sloppy, and on a night like tonight, you got to be careful and purposeful with that ball. So uh, you know, let's hope that doesn't come back to bite us as I knock on wood. Unofficially, that puts Kiner over 100 yards tonight, and now the side judge blows the play dead. And I think somebody else on Carroll has got a uniform malfunction, and the Patriots are just going to go ahead and take a timeout. So 5.22 left to go in the first half. Timeout on the field. Your score. It's Roger Bacon 14, Carroll 14. Transform U Fitness has changed its name. It's now Finish Strong and Personal Group Training. So are you ready to have fun and get in shape? At Finish Strong Personal and Group Training, our sessions are custom built to fit your needs, not someone else's. Finish Strong Personal and Group Training is fully dedicated to helping you achieve your fitness goals. At 4865 Duck Creek Road, or call us and get a seven-day tryout free. Everything starts with a vision. Finish Strong Personal and Group Training. Call today at 513-645-3294. Need your car fixed and have no idea where to go? Stay local. Take your vehicle to Matt Vollmer at Pioneer Automotive in Green Hills on 48 Eswin Street. Matt's customers like their prompt, reliable service at a price you can afford. In fact, most customers refer Matt Vollmer at Pioneer Automotive to their friends and family. Simply put, he runs his business the way all auto service centers should be, with integrity. Pioneer Automotive, they get the job done right. Pioneer Automotive, located at 48 Eswin Street. Call them at 513-851-5131. Oh, we talked about the girls' basketball team. Rob, there's no bigger supporter about that girls' program than Matt Vollmer. No, a uh, freshman girl up there, a bacon basketball player. Uh, Matt's a great dude. Bullock. Out of the shotgun after the timeout, throws it over the middle and is incomplete. He threw it way behind Luke Bird on the slant end. First incompletion of the night by Bullock. And it brings up second down, 10 yards to go for the Spartans from the 37-yard line of the Patriots. Yeah, I don't know that you need that play in that moment when Mr. Connor's over 100 yards on 12 carries in the first half. Second down, 10 yards to go. Kiner to the left of Bullock. Moving in motion is Lackey. Lackey and Bullock. On the snap, Lackey actually turned the ball upfield before the ball was snapped when he moved in motion. And that, now this is a you know where that first down play that was sloppy and unnecessary comes back to bite you because now it's second and 15. So that will take it back to the 42-yard line. Next week. Final home game of the season. Just two, actually, two more to go. I just thought about this. That's going to be the last game at Bezovich Stadium the way it is set up now. Yeah. A monumental game. Hope we get a lot of alums back for homecoming. Second down, 15 yards to go. Ball at the 42 of Carroll. Fake handoff. Bullock's going to throw it over the middle. Incomplete. Tried to go to Halla. And, boy, when you overthrow Halla, you've thrown it high. And it just looked like Bullock never really had complete control of that football. Well, no, it's it's a wet night. The ball has been sailing on these guys anyway, right? That's why, you know, we've seen one deep pass play, and that was wide open versus, you know, all these short routes. So 
never really had a chance. It was trying to get it over that you know, very tall linebacker down there. I think it's number 21 for Carroll. It looks like he's about 6'4". He's trying to throw it over him. Yeah, that is Colin Walsh. He's 6'2". Bullock on third down, 15 yards to go. Drops straight back out of a blitz. But Kiner picks it up, throws it over the middle, incomplete. Overthrew Tumlin. Yeah, he just was off the mark and he knew it. But that you know that's an area where a, a Zach Kuhlman makes it look good and goes up and gets it. Tumlin at 5'6", just doesn't have the ability to do it. So it's punting time now for Artens as they bring in the punt unit. Luke Bird will drop back to punt the football away from about midfield. And the Patriots will send two men deep. They've got Laura Cella dropping back along with Will Siebert. On fourth and 15 from the 42-yard line. 5.04 left to go. Bird thought about it and he then punted it away. Yeah, he had a lot of time, and Will Sievert's going to take it in at the six-yard line out of the fair catch. Every single guy for Carroll turned his head away from Bird and went five yards down the field. If he just takes off full speed to the left, he probably picks up a first down. 36-yard punt for Luke Bird, and that's where... Carroll will take it over first and ten from their own nine-yard line. Or in a worst-case scenario, he doesn't get the first down, but they put the ball about the 35 or 38-yard line of Carroll, and it's comparable to not too far from where they've started most of the game. So Carroll with the football first and ten. They will send Will Sievert out wide to the right-hand side. They've got a wing formation. And the handoff is going to go to Haney. And Haney, now check that as Butts. And Butts takes it across the 15 to the 20. Spins forward with the ball in his left hand out near the 25-yard line. And he's got a gain of about 17 and a first down. Yeah, Ryan Blount again came up to, to kind of clean that up and went high. Uh, and, and just, or I think it was Hala, actually. You go high on a guy like that, you, you're just giving up too much size and weight. They've got 82 yards rushing here in the first half between three players. Will Siebert goes out wide to the right-hand side. Slot right is Sam Siebert. 4.46 remaining to go and running in this first half. Handoff goes to Haney, and Haney takes it across the 25 to the 27-yard line. That's a three-yard gain. When he gets going... He is a load, and now coming into the ball game is Haney. He'll take the place of Butts. Butts leaves 35 yards on the night, seven carries. For those of you who are math whiz, five yards a carry. Fox has now got Haney to the left of him. He's got trips out to the right side, tight end left. Formation Now leaving the backfield is Haney. Dropping straight back is Fox. Under a blitz, he's going to be hit and brought down all the way back to the 11-yard line for a 16-yard loss. Stan Hart. Great play. Boy, the Spartans came on the blitz and got to him. I was just going to say that what a big play that was going to be because the clock continued to run. You know, we saw them burn a timeout on a, a equipment mishap churning. They weren't going to be able to run it down anyway. Now they kind of put themselves in a hole right with a giant loss. It looks like it's going to be third and about 21. Uh, so a big play. Bacon's got to stay disciplined here. This is where Hala, the rookie, big game last week with the three picks, but he's got to stay disciplined, not let anything behind him. Third down, 21 yards to go. Haney moves in motion out of the backfield. Fox in the flag goes down, and it's an offside penalty. 
called against the Spartans. They got into the neutral zone prior to the snap. So instead of third and 21, it makes it third and 16. Ball taken out now to the 18-yard line with 3.10 remaining and running. Left to go in the first half. Got to know where the first down marker is. Got to keep those receivers underneath you. Uh, you got to be sure-handed. Go down and use your, your tackling. Coach Watkins and Kathman and she have been teaching all summer. And Make sure you bring them down securely. Dropping back Fox. Fox throws it down the middle, and it is incomplete. Underthrew his intended receiver, Sam Sievert. And with 2.48 left to go, the Patriots will be forced to punt on 4th and 16. Yeah, and, and it's funny. I think the ball still does weird things. And, and with those deeper routes, we've seen them with Bullock, and now we've seen it going this way, that uh, that ball is just floating and maybe hanging a little bit longer, and those receivers are outrunning some routes. Bearing will kick the football away. He is a senior, 5'10", 175-pounder. Had a good punt his last time, and now he'll try to get it away. Of course, one time they punted, snapped it right over his head, and that led to the first Roger Bacon touchdown. That punt, Barry slipped and fell down, but he still got it away and taken in by Tumlin in his own territory at the 47. Back pedals, and he'll be brought down at the 45. Yeah, the senior there making a really what I thought was a mental mistake as they were bearing down and picking that up off the hop. Uh, gets outside there, but almost fumbles it. In that case, that ball rolls to the 40. You're still just five yards further back than where you started. It's probably better to play it safe. 2.39 left to go in the first half. Roger Bacon has got two timeouts left, and they've got the ball sitting at their own 47-yard line. You run Kiner here three times. You get it great. You don't. You punt it. You let the clock go down, and you go in with a tie knowing you get the ball out of the half. Receivers out wide. Fumbled snap. Bullock dropped it, picked up by Kiner, and he's going to be dropped back at the 44-yard line for a loss of two. And I, that was on Bullock, right? I, I said earlier it looked like he was getting a little sloppy with the ball. Uh, a little too cutesy when it comes to catching and making that pitch, which is what he do there. Didn't have the ball before he turned to Corey. Corey able to pick it up and at least hold on to the ball and, and get a yard. Back to the 44-yard line, second down, 12 yards to go. Clock still running at 210. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner around the right-hand side. He's going to be strung out, and he's going to step out of bounds at the 40-yard line. So he lost four yards on that carry, and this is one of those possessions that the Spartans have every once in a while where they do nothing but move backwards. Yeah, and the the big problem there was him stepping out of bounds, right, because it stops the clock versus it, it turning off and maybe burning another 30 or, or 40 seconds off. So... Uh, if I'm there, I, I run Corey up the middle. I don't throw it. I get as much clock down, and I put Bird in, who's been a good punter, right? The, the one area he's been strong is there. 2.03 left to go. It is third down. Call it 17 yards to go for a Spartan first down. Bullock rolls out to the left off the fake handoff. Run it. He's going to run it himself. He tucks it under, cuts it to midfield, and he's going to be brought down at the 46. That'll be a gain of about 13 on the carry, but it'll still be shy of the first down. It'll bring up fourth down and four yards to go. Did uh, they call timeout? Well, he, I think he went, well, not sure. Now the clock continues to be stopped, and the Spartans are going to go for it. At least Bullock is under center. They're, not, they're just going to try to draw. 
Carroll offside. The clock is stopped, and now the Spartans will use a timeout. Corey stepping out, trying to make a play, didn't see what he was doing. Bullock's got to know he's got to stay in bounds. If nothing else, if you're not going to get it, you got to know I'm a, I'm a junior quarterback. i got to burn clock. Minute 54 to go in this first half. We'll take a quick timeout from Carroll High School. We're all tied up at 14. Hey, it's Mo Egger. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you know about your insurance? Chances are you know how much you pay for it, but do you really know what your coverage is? Chances are you don't, and that's because most insurance companies don't go out of their way to make sure you understand what you're buying. That's why RJL is different. They design insurance programs that they monitor continually, and they make sure they adapt your coverage as your life changes. Call RJL Insurance today. Obtain a quote from Rob, Jared, or Kevin at 513-322-5637. Minute 54 left to go in this second quarter of play from Carroll High School, all tied up at 14 apiece. At halftime, we'll look at the Franklin Mount St. Joseph game tomorrow on Ultimate Sports Talk. I think Bullock, you should punt this, but... Bullock on fourth down four. They're going to hand it off to Kiner around the left-hand side. He's got room. He's got the first down. Dives to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, and he's going to be brought down inside the 30, down to the 28-yard line. And there's a Carroll Patriot down back near the line of scrimmage. Well, he grabbed on for dear life, and uh, Corey just ran over him. But that's why I'm not the coach, right? Because I'm punting there, and Mike's got Corey Kiner, and he gives it to Corey. Uh, we were saying he was just short of 100. He goes over it there and uh, makes a, a heck of a run again for the sophomore running back. So that will put him over the 100-yard mark. And he, you see, after a gain of about 16 on the carry, that will put him out to 106. Almost broke it. Yeah, he did. It almost looked like they got him by the face mask again, too, yeah. at the end of that run, the way his head turned down. Well, some of those kids holding on for dear life, as, uh, you know, Corey at 205, 210, uh, not the biggest kid height-wise, but he's a beast to bring down. And now the Carroll Patriot that was down and hurt, that was Mason Laricella. A 160-pound junior is up and walking off the field under his own power, and that's good news. Yeah. Carroll has got the best-looking trainer golf cart you have ever seen. It's down to the right of us. Boy, that, that thing, you put it in four-wheel drive, boy, you could have a good time with that. Minute 40 to go. Bullock handoff to Kiner. Kiner right up the middle. He breaks it inside the 20 touchdown. to the 15 to the 10 to the 5. Touchdown. The legend grows. A minute 31 left to go, and the Spartans have now taken the lead at 20 to 14. 27 yard touchdown run for Corey Kiner. Unofficially 16 carries for 133 yards. He had 200, over 280 yards last year against Carroll. Including that one at the very end that you talked about before we went on the air tonight. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be one of those nights, and it's, it's going to be really a, a battle here on the ground. Bird, low snap. Blout gets it down. Bird puts it up, and it is good. And that, that's where those quarterback hands of Ryan Blout come in to help clean up a ball that, that was poorly snapped on a rainy night. He did a great job. That ball was snapped in front of him just to the right. He had to pick it up off of his right knee, which is 
the one that he puts down, and then he swooped it over to the tee, and Bird got it up and through the uprights for the extra point. A minute 31 to go in the first half, and it's 21-14, Roger Bacon. Yeah, and, and Ryan Blatt actually was a really good grade school quarterback. Came here, plays the same position his dad played here uh, all those years going against Milt Stiegel. Uh Smart kid, again, Tommy Watkins saying he's the smartest kid he's ever coached on the defensive side of the ball. So Bird will be kicking it off from his own 40. Will Siebert back set to return along with Sam Siebert. And Bird's going to kick it deep this time. It's going to be taken right in front of Sam Siebert at his own 20. Cuts it to the right to the 25. And he's going to be run out near the out-of-bounds marker at about the 26, maybe the 27-yard line. And it'll be interesting to see. We've, we've seen that ball sail a lot now. And, and although the short passing game has worked well for Carroll, there's a minute 24. They've burned some timeouts. Uh, you got to go about 75 yards to, to try to tie this up. Uh, you're not going to be able to run it down or dink it, dunk it down. So uh, be interesting play calls and also interesting uh, Roger Bacon's secondary. A little bit suspect tonight if they can hold up. Rain is really coming down here. Two timeouts remaining for Carroll as they take it over with a minute 24 to go at their own 27-yard line. Fox is going to throw it out to the right Keep side. It is complete to Siebert. Siebert has it right at the 35-yard line. Stays in bounds. And he did stay in bounds. Good job. Yeah, and, and that's where these corners have to kind of turn and keep them towards the inside to keep that pressure on this offense. Minute to go in this first half of action. Fox has got Haney off to the left-hand side of him. Drops straight back. Looks out to the left-hand side, and it is almost intercepted. Oh. And then is intercepted. Pass interference, I think, on Lackey, though. It Great was knocked play. up in the air by Greer, and Capel came down with it. But I think it's going to all go for naught as it appears it's going to be pass interference against the Spartans. But Kappel, the, the wide receiver on the offensive side of the ball, diving in and making a great play. So 51.3 seconds to go. And I think I thought the receiver slipped, so I don't know that the lackey caused him to go down as much as I thought. The receiver slipped, and Lackey was just kind of there going for the ball. So, questionable call. It usually is. 51 seconds here, though, and still half the field for them to punch it in. Ball resting at the 45-yard line. And that's where Carroll will take have it after the penalty. 21-14, Roger Bacon on top of it. Fox with Haney off to the left-hand side. Fake handoff. Fox then bloops it up in the air, and it is incomplete. That thing just slipped right out of his hands. Well, he had the pressure coming. Uh, they brought the blitz that time. So you, you have big Nate Stark and Noah Miller coming right up the middle. So he had to get rid of it, lofts it out there. I don't think that had a, a chance had he been able to get it out cleanly as Ryan Blount was bearing down and, and ready to put the hit on that kid. 46.9 seconds left to go in this first half. Carroll with the football at their own 45, second and 10. Fox, same play, throws over the middle. Complete to Siebert. Siebert at the 45 on Roger Bacon territory, down to the 40-yard line, and they're going to spot him at the 39-yard line. 
That's about a 16-yard completion and another first down for the Patriots. Inside Roger Bacon territory, down to the 39. 37 seconds left to go in the first half. Fake handoff. Fox drops straight back. He's going to throw the ball up the field, and it is going intercepted. to be intercepted oh. by Greer, but they're going to say it bounced in front of him before he could bring it in. Uh, it's interesting a guy who was 10 yards behind the play could call that when there's no way he'd be able to see it. No way. Yeah, you're right. 28.1 seconds. I mean, he was directly behind the play, and he was the official was covered up by the intended receiver and Greer, but he came in and said it bounced. So it's second down, 10 yards to go from the 39 of Roger Bacon. Carroll, they send Lajeunesse out wide to the right-hand side, and they've got trips out to the right side. Single receiver is Will Sievert, and boy, he's being covered up right away at the line. Handoff goes to Haney right up the middle. Haney takes it to the 36-yard line, and he's going to be stopped right there. The official threw his flag, and now a time, or threw his hat, excuse me, and Carroll is going to use a timeout. Normally, when the official throws his hat, it's because one of the receivers stepped out of bounds. And I think that's exactly why he threw the hat. I think he was calling... Sievert out of bounds on this near side, but Haney, the Patriots tried to cross up the defense for Roger Bacon and see if they couldn't break Haney loose into that secondary, but he only gained a couple, and it brings up third down seven. Yeah, and 21 seconds left. The big thing here, important, no pass interference, uh, although I thought the call on Lackey was, was pretty questionable. When all is said and done, they gotta be smart. They get, they gotta make a little contact. You can't let those guys release cleanly on those crossing routes because I think that's the easiest play in offensive football from a passing standpoint is to drop back and wait for a guy to cross untouched, uh, and just loft it over there. So gotta stay disciplined, gotta be smart, no penalties, uh, and if they, they catch the ball, bring them down in bounds. 21.2 seconds left to go. Carroll has one timeout remaining, third down seven. Fox handoff goes into the back to Siebert. Siebert's going to throw it back to Fox up the right side. Complete. He's got the first down inside the 25 down to the 22-yard line. So a big first down play on Razzle Dazzle. And now Carroll's going to use their final timeout with 12.8 seconds to go. Yeah, just bit on a a reverse pass. And... uh... There was nobody out there on the quarterback in that in that flat. So it's first down for Carroll at the Roger Bacon 22-yard line with 12.8 seconds to go in this first half. Not a whole lot of time. You know, they still have 20 yards to go. So, again, staying disciplined, watching those short passes, and you got to bring them down in bounds, right, because there's no timeouts. There's no timeouts left. Uh, keep them in front of you. You got to kind of 12 seconds, probably got to take shots to, towards the end zone and either hope for a pass interference or uh, you can break one. Well, they've got time for probably about three plays, maybe two if they throw it deep into the end zone. Yeah. Well, so it, it's only they only have time for three if they throw it deep in yeah. the end zone. Haney to the left, not rolling out to the left is Fox. Fox is going to throw it into the end zone on the left-hand side. Incomplete. Threw it over the head of Mike Cozart. And they, they haven't done anything other than these crossing routes, right? I mean, they're just sending guys kind of crisscrossed across the field, rolling the quarterback, uh, and allowing them to, to kind of hit those guys in stride. And the other thing I've noticed, Rob, is that 
Fox is better throwing the football. He's more accurate on the run than he is out of the working himself out of the pocket. Well, he sees the, he's not a big guy. He sees the field a little bit better. And when your receivers are wide open, as you're rolling out, uh, you know that that's not the hardest thing. But the ball sailing a little bit again on those deeper routes, which is kind of the negative at taking shots towards the end zone here. Seven seconds. Cozart out wide right. Lajeunesse wide left. They've got receivers split on both sides. Haney, who really is a non-factor right now, they're not going to run the football in this situation. Dropping straight back is Fox. He's going to throw it up the left side of the end zone. He's got a receiver complete touchdown. Awful. Catching the ball, Sam Siebert. He got right behind Fred Greer. And for some reason, Greer just kind of stopped the, the coverage. I don't know what he bid on. You had two guys back there who both kind of got confused, Lackey and Greer, and lets the guy get right behind him. So Carroll comes right back and answers the Spartans again. And that, that's a Zach Kuhlman absence that, that kills you on that play. And it makes it 21-20 to 20 with 2.8 seconds to go in this first half. Greer in to attempt the extra point for the Patriots. He's a right-footed kicker. And the snap is good. Kick is blooped up and it is no good wide right with 2.8 remaining to go in this first half and the Patriots you would anticipate would just squib it up the field as that's what they've done the last couple of times well you know you, you don't want to kick it to Corey Kiner because you never know what can happen but he's going to try to get his hands on the ball and make something out of this with, with two seconds left and then you get the ball coming out uh, so you have a chance to, to come back out and put some points on the board uh, but, again, a, a terrible defensive lapse by uh, a guy who's returning to football. So you, you have two young guys out there, Greer, who took a year off and is just coming back after transferring from Purcell, and then Holla back there, who who just wouldn't be out there under normal circumstances. Coming up at halftime, I'll be previewing tomorrow's Mount St. Joseph Franklin game and also the 20, top 25 college football schedule. Rob's going to be... On the road to South Bend tomorrow to see the Fighting Irish take on Pitt. Fighting Irish, who a uh, big win over Virginia Tech. I don't know if you saw it. They uh, oh boy, exit Sandman, <laughs> smacked them. Virginia Tech, one of the stalwarts in college football. Getting back to kick it away will be Stephen Chapman, and he's going to squib it up the field. Spartans are going to let Kiner take it at his 30-yard line. Bobbled it. Now he's just going to have to drop on it smart at play. the 27. Very smart play. But he had a, he had that. He picked it up. Uh, he didn't have a, a much of a level to get through to, to make a break on it. No, and that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to make a play here at the end of the first half. Well, it's been a rainy, cold, but entertaining first half of action here from Carroll High School. And your score at the end of the first half. It's Roger Bacon 21 and Carroll 20. Rob and I will be back with the halftime festivities here from Carroll High School. We'll do that when we return after this. Ascent Safety Solutions focuses on preventing injuries before they happen. Ascent partners with employers to create a strong safety culture through ongoing safety evaluations, writing, and implementing safety policies and procedures, and OSHA-compliant training. Having challenges on the job site? Ascent provides job site inspections, along with temporary and full-time on-site safety staffing across the nation. Ascent Safety Solutions. Together, we can improve lives and reduce claim costs at the same time.
Call Tommy Watkins at 513-351-1222. This Roger Bacon Spartans High School football broadcast is made possible by Transform U Fitness, Eric Geiger State Farm Insurance, Jake Sweeney Automotive, Ascent Safety Solutions, Game On Sports Bar, RJL Insurance, Stacy Heating and Cooling, and Vonderhaar Catering. Please let these sponsors know you heard their name on Roger Bacon Spartans High School football broadcast on UltimateSportsTalk.com. They are role models and educators. Their work requires a great deal of time and energy for very little pay. Who are these unsung heroes? Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. The simple truth about education-based athletics in Ohio is this. Without a committed team of coaches and administrators, it just wouldn't be possible. School sports, they bring out the best in all of us. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back to Halftime here from Dayton Carroll High School. I'm Dave Mitchell along with Rob Rickenball, and tonight the... Roger Bacon Spartans are taking on Dayton Carroll, and tomorrow afternoon at Schuler Field on the campus of Mount St. Joseph University, the Lions will take their first place 4-0 Heartland Conference record into battle against the second place Franklin Grizzlies, and it should be a very entertaining football game. It's a game that is probably going to decide who is going to win the Heartland Conference this year, and it will be the biggest game in the Heartland Conference to date. They are a pair of unbeaten teams in conference play. The only thing separating them is the bye week, and that's because the Grizzlies have had theirs. The Lions won't have their bye week until the final weekend of the regular season. This Saturday's matchup tomorrow is going to feature the top two scoring offenses in the conference, with both the Grizzlies and Lions averaging well above 40 points per ball game this year. Franklin opened up October with back-to-back road contests in Ohio, traveling east to take on Defiance. The Grizzlies jumped on top early and put the game out of reach in the first half on the way to their 55-28 win last week. Jacob Earl, the running back for the Grizzlies, had 270 all-purpose yards and three total touchdowns. The junior running back set career highs with 158 yards on the ground and 112 yards receiving. Braden Smith, the quarterback for the Grizzlies this year, threw for 381 yards and had five scores on the day. And on defense, Bryce Hale finished with a team-high six tackles. On the other hand, Mount St. Joseph comes into tomorrow's contest, winners of four straight overall. The last time they got beat was in Week 2 against Moorhead State down in Moorhead, Kentucky. They sit tied with the Grizzlies and Hanover in first place, but realistically, when you look at it, the Lions have a half-game lead over the Grizzlies and Hanover. And last week at Schuler Field, the Lions took home a 49-27 win over Manchester, improving their record at home to 3-0 and on the season. The Lions, well, they boast one of the top passing attacks in the country, led by... Junior quarterback Chayton Tomlin. You've heard me talk a lot about him. Tomlin completing 66% of his passes for 2,005 yards so far this year and 26 touchdowns to just four interceptions. He's a two-time Heartland Conference Offensive Player of the Week, and he ranks second behind Franklin's Braden Smith with 334.2 passing yards per game. Smith 
is averaging for 373 yards passing per game. And Tomlin, well, he has no shortage of weapons at his disposal, headed by senior wideout A.J. Glines and his 40 grabs for 631 yards. He's also got a conference-leading 10 touchdowns. Fellow senior Chase Pankey ranks second on the team with 27 catches for 554 yards and six scores. And both senior wideouts rank in the top five in the league in catches and yards per game. Now, Grayson Roberts is going to be a key subtraction for the Lions. He is still out with that foot injury. He's going to be a game-time decision. And Roberts may not be back the rest of the year, but he was really a deep threat for the Lions before his injury two weeks ago. He had 23 yards per catch, and that was the tops on the Lions. Junior running back Michael Williamson and freshman Colby Newman out of Texas have split time in the backfield this year, although Williamson has really come to town and played good football over the last couple of weeks. He leads the team with 261 yards on 48 carries. That ranks eighth in the conference, while Newman has racked up 259 yards on 41 touchdowns and four touchdowns on the ground. Now, Williamson, over the past couple of weeks, two weeks ago, 116 yards. Last week, 136 yards. So he's got two weeks in a row of rushing for over 100 yards, and that really adds another aspect of the offense for the Lions. On defense, senior cornerback Tavon Robertson leads the Lions with 49 tackles on the year. Corey Harden and Logan Bright along that front line are tied for the team lead with two sacks each. And Troy Speakman's four interceptions are tied for the most in the Heartland Conference. Matter of fact, Speakman ran one back for a touchdown last week against Manchester. The Lions are allowing 23.3 points per game and just 170 and a half yards throughout the year, air this season. Junior running back four. Franklin, Jacob Earl, collected his second career Offensive Player of the Week award in the conference after leading Franklin's offense to their win over Defiance last week. And they are led by what they term the Killer Bees. Braden Smith at quarterback, Brad Bonamini at wide receiver, and Ben Fleet also. Bonamini and Fleet, well, they sit near the top of the conference rankings coming into tomorrow's game. Smith as I said, averaging 374 yards per game passing. That's tops in the conference. He's also got nine touchdown passes and only two interceptions. Bonamini tops all receivers with 131.2 yards per game catching. And Fleet ranks third at 93.8 yards per contest. On defense, though, five different Grizzlies have reached double-digit tackles through the last three games. Senior Austin Fleming tops the squad with 35 tackles, 20 coming in the solo variety. Brayton Shannon has made the most of his first year as a starter, racking up 27 stops so far this season. Last year, these two teams met over in Franklin, Indiana, and the Grizzlies came away with a 66-39 victory over the Lions, and that really won the conference for the Grizzlies. Matter of fact, they have won nine of the last 11 Heartland Conference championships. So this is going to be a big contest for the Lions coming up this weekend. And since the 2007 season, the Grizzlies have been dominant against the rest of the Heartland Conference. Over these past 11 years, 
they have gone 89-5 and while claiming 10 of the last 11 outright conference championships. Franklin head coach Mike Leonard, well, he's the 17th head coach in the history of Franklin's program, and he's been with the team since the 2003 season. Mount St. Joseph, they're led by Tyler Hopperton in his second year, with a record of 11-5. and five. This one promises to be a good one. It's the battle for the Heartland Conference first place rankings so far in the season. Franklin 4-1 and one overall, 3-0 and oh in Heartland Conference play. Comes to Schuler Field tomorrow afternoon. They'll be taking on the Mount St. Joseph Lions at 5-1 and one overall, 4-0 and oh in the Heartland Conference. I'll have all the play-by-play action for you here on UltimateSportsTalk.com. That'll be coming forward at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon, and the kickoff will be at 1.30 from Schuler Field. Should be a great crowd there tomorrow, but come on out and enjoy the game. The weather may be a little blustery, but tell you what, the action on the field tomorrow is going to be hot between Franklin and the Mount St. Joseph University. Now, elsewhere around college football tomorrow in the top 25 Number three, Ohio State, is going to be at home against Minnesota. That game is going to tip off the noon games that will be happening tomorrow. Elsewhere in noon games that happen on Saturday, 14th-ranked Florida will be at Vanderbilt. Tennessee goes to number 21, Auburn, and Pitt will play at 5th-ranked Notre Dame. In 330 games, 2nd-ranked Georgia will be at LSU. They're ranked 13th this week. Number 7, Washington, goes to 17th-ranked Oregon in a big Pac-12 game. Michigan State will be at 8th-ranked Penn State. Michigan State coming in off of that loss a week ago to Northwestern. Baylor is going to be playing at number 9, Texas. 10th-ranked UCF will be at Memphis. 22-ranked Texas A&M will be at South Carolina. And then in night games tomorrow night, the top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide will be at home to face Missouri. 6th-ranked West Virginia will be at Iowa State. 16th-ranked Miami goes to Virginia. 15th-ranked Wisconsin will face off at 12th-ranked Michigan in the big house. USC will be at 19th-ranked Colorado. 25th-ranked Cincinnati, well, they're off this week. They'll be hosting, or I should say they'll be on the road next week at Temple. And Kentucky is off this week also, and they will be hosting Vanderbilt next week. But like we told you, the top game in the area tomorrow will be at Schuler Field on the campus of Mount St. Joseph University, where the Lions will be entertaining second place Franklin, the Grizzlies winners of 10 of the last 11 Heartland Conference championships, and the Lions are looking at trying to garner that title this year. I'm Dave Mitchell. We're at halftime of this evening's ball game between Dayton Carroll and the Roger Bacon Spartans. And don't forget tomorrow, that game between Mount St. Joseph and Franklin will tip off on the air tomorrow on UltimateSportsTalk.com at 12.30 with the kickoff at 1.30. Rob and I will be back to take a look at the First half statistics and what happened in the first half of tonight's ball game from Dayton. We'll do all that when we come back after this timeout. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Ohio's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. 
In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Dave Mitchell and Rob Rickenbaugh back here at Carroll High School, where it is 21 to 20. Roger Bacon on top of Carroll by a point. Doesn't happen very often, but I just stumped Rob Rickenbaugh. He wanted to talk about college basketball coming out of the break and wanted to give a good Dean Smith story. I said, you can tell a Dean Smith story if I can tell a Fred Taylor story. And you said? Who's Fred Taylor? <laughs> the running back from the Jags. But so I, I, I'm going to hold my – everyone knows about Dean Smith. Tell us about Fred Taylor. You know, the, Fred Taylor was the Ohio State basketball coach that led them to the national championship and was the coach of Bobby Knight when Bobby was in college. Did Bobby Knight go to Ohio State? Yes, he did. Did he? Yeah, see. You know, you are as bad as a couple of fans that I had at Mount St. Joseph when I said one of the players looked like Greg Pruitt. And they turned around and looked at me from the stands and goes, who was Greg Pruitt? He's a running back, right? Yeah, out of Oklahoma. brother named Mike? Mike Pruitt. Yeah, played for the Oilers. I I remember those were the days, right? Owns a a car dealership in Cleveland now. Mike Pruitt does. Yeah. Well, they did they both play for the Browns, and then one of them ended up, I thought, with the Oilers for a spell. For a little bit, yeah. 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 More of a return guy. Uh, That was Greg Pruitt. Greg, yeah. Yeah, Greg Greg was an excellent... Uh, punt returner, a lot like Eric Metcalf. You know, I've got a lot of tradition that I could talk about. Unfortunately, it's all in Baltimore now. I like uh, <laughs> I like Eric Metcalf, and then uh, who was the the receiver in the '80s that Sipe would throw to? Reggie uh, Reggie Rucker. Yeah, Reggie Rucker. Yep, Reggie Rucker. Uh, matter of fact, Reggie Rucker uh, went into broadcasting. After he got out of playing football. Yeah. And if Paul Schulmeyer is listening, he knows who Rudy Desatel is, who is also a Cleveland Brown, uh, for a brief period. That only only St. Clement kids would know who Rudy Desatel is. I was going to say, <laughs> you're stumping me on that one, and I know a lot of ex-Browns. Yeah. You know, but nonetheless, hey, it's 21 to 20. The weather has, has really... Rob, put its mark on this game only from the standpoint that neither team is able to throw the football. Well, yeah, we we knew coming in, if you just look at the statistics and how the season had broke for both of these teams and who they were bringing in and what they've tried to do, that they were going to try to run it anyway. And then as soon as we got towards kickoff and the rain started to come and we saw the balls floating during the pregame and... Uh, what was going to happen, that it, it was going to be who could stop who. And that's one of the areas Bacon has actually been strong this year. They, they had a little bit of trouble tonight, and then they have an opportunity to go in, up a touchdown. They give up the, the one pass play that, that's just completely kind of a, a, a broken coverage mind meltdown. Lucky to be up a point, but uh, it, the second half certainly is going to go quick. It's going to be a, a pounding ground, and who can stop who wins. We talked about it during the pregame that we were told that they're going to eliminate this grass field 
and put in the new turf field that everybody is putting in. You know, th- those turf fields are nice, Rob, but this is going to be one of those old-fashioned slobber knockers towards the end of this one where the field is going to be torn up, and when you go down onto the field, you're going to get a face full of mud, and when you go home tonight, there's going to be you're going to have half the field going down the shower drain. And speaking of shower drains, I might have spent that half a mil on bathrooms. But, uh, you know, I like the grass. It's it's good. You can put the turf in. I mean, it's an old stadium, and I actually like it a lot. I think playing on grass certainly uh, brings back memories. And when we did it, of course, it looks like that field, too, where you've got the, the big spare spots. But uh, it also lends itself here to a slower game in the, in the second half, especially when it's wet and it's a little bit slippery. We see some guys slip already and, and kind of slide around. We've seen some ball issues and ball security issues. Uh, Bacon lucky to get one of them, and then the, you know both teams lucky to kind of fall on their, their miscues. But uh, it's going to be an interesting second half. Bacon's going to get the ball coming out of it. We'll see if they can do something. If they can punch one in, uh, and we can even if we get into a back and forth, you know they're going to be up eight and, and put a lot of pressure on Carroll. We'll be back and take a look at some of the stats of the first half. We'll do that when we come back after this. If I play sports for my school, I'll learn how to be part of a team. I will have more friends. I will be active now and when I'm a grown-up. I will learn how to work hard. I'll have better attendance. I'll learn how to overcome adversity. I'll be more likely to go to college. I will learn how to get along with others. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. I must learn to be a good student during school if I want to throw on my uniform after school. Roger Bacon on top of Carroll by a point here. Corey Kiner so far, Rob, tonight, 16 carries, 137 yards on the ground. and He's about got half of what he had last year against this team. Yep, and, uh, you know, if you look at what, you know, 50 of those yards in that game last year came on the very last play of the game that he punches in for a touchdown, so we were a little nervous about how he'd be tonight. He was sick last week and banged up coming out of that McNick game and uh, kind of struggled to recover from those this week. But he looks good tonight and doesn't have his usual explosiveness. I, th- I think if he is the Corey Kiner that we saw against Baden, for example, that he's probably running wild a little bit and uh, some of those shorter plays are, are longer gains. But he looks good and, and he's going to be tough for them to stop coming out into the second half. Meanwhile, on the other side of the coin for the Patriots, Fred Butts has got seven carries tonight, 36 yards. Eli Haney has got 18 carries tonight for 37 yards. Trent Fox has carried it a couple of times uh, for 10 yards. They've got 28 total carries tonight for 83 yards, while for Roger Bacon, they have got 20 carries tonight for 163 yards. Tyler Bullock, 3 of 6 in the passing department, but only for 10 yards tonight. Trent Fox, 9 of 15 in the passing department. Will Sievert has also thrown a pass. That was the completion 
to Trent Fox late in the first half of play when Carroll went down the field and ended up pulling to within one point with a late touchdown in the first half. Yeah, and, and Fred Butts reminds me of Ironhead Hayward. Remember him? Oh, boy. Pitt back in the day and just a bowl, right? You know, he... Surprising, he's only got the 36 yards on seven carries. Really, the biggest play he had, I thought, in that first half was when he got behind the quarterback and pushed him on a keeper, probably about 16 yards uh, with a bush push. But uh, he's a physical back. And then, surprisingly, Haney, who is about 60 or 70 pounds less than his, his partner in the backfield, I thought was a really physical runner, breaking tackles, uh, having a little more, more shiftiness, a little bit more speed than Butts, uh, putting up a decent half, too. So they're going to be tough to stop. Uh, but Bacon, where they've really struggled is with those crossing routes, with being able to, to maybe get some contact on those receivers and slow them down. Uh, those, those receivers kind of running wild. They get that quarterback rolling out, and it's just been easy pitch and catch. This has been one of those games, Rob, that we, when we saw what the weather forecast was, thank heavens we don't have any lightning. But the rain has just been steady throughout from the very beginning. Now it's lightening up as we, I mean, the rain is lighting up and not any lightning coming into the area. just want to make sure that people understand that. Uh, But this is the type of game that you really have to be able to play in these type of weather conditions, and that is just depend upon your offensive and defensive lines to make holes and make stops. Ohio football, you're going to have a game like this every year, right? We we had Purcell, I think, at the finale last year that got to be like this torrential downpour in the second half, and so you have to, to be, a, be able to adjust. You have to play in 85-degree weather one week like we did last week, and now it's 40 degrees and it's rainy and it's cold and, and you're playing on grass, and so this is Ohio football. you got to prepare for it and you got to come out and execute. Well, your score, 21-20. Roger Bacon on top of Carroll. I'm Dave Mitchell with Rob Rickenbaugh. The second half is next on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Stay up to date with all your sports information on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Mount St. Joseph University and Roger Bacon High School Sports. Talk about the Cincinnati Reds and Cleveland Indians on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show every Monday night at 9 during the baseball season. Minute by minute scores, opinion articles, stories from the pros, college, and high school levels, including the WWE, MMA, and UFC. Increase your workout level and tickets to any sporting event all in one spot. Check out UltimateSportsTalk.com every day for your sports fix. Ascent Safety Solutions focuses on preventing injuries before they happen. Ascent partners with employers to create a strong safety culture through ongoing safety evaluations, writing, and implementing safety policies and procedures and OSHA-compliant training. Having challenges on the job site? Ascent provides job site inspections, along with temporary and full-time on-site safety staffing across the nation. Ascent Safety Solutions. Together, we can improve lives and reduce claim costs at the same time. Call Tommy Watkins at 513-351-1222. This Roger Bacon Spartans High School football broadcast is made possible by Ed Noah McLeod, Attorneys, The Substation 2 in Florence, Jason Regelsberger, State Farm Insurance, The Lucky Turtle, T-Spot, Window Tint and Audio, Pioneer Auto Service, Borgman Athletics, and Sunday's Pub. Please let these sponsors know you heard their name on Roger Bacon Spartans High School broadcast on UltimateSportsTalk.com. 21-20, Roger Bacon leads it by a point here at the beginning of the second half of action. You know, we've talked about the weather so much here tonight. Rob, we are expecting Sunday in the NFL, our first snow game in Denver. 
Yeah, it, it's probably a little late for snow out there, right? You know, it's. Uh, I have a friend who lives out there. It was snowing in April of last year, right? So that's great. All I know is it'll be cool in South Bend tomorrow, but sunny. Uh, great game for football. Great weekend for football all around, really, this weekend. It doesn't matter. When you're in South Bend, Rob, even if it's overcast, it's sunny to you. Well, it is, uh, and and for the Lord, who also follows them closely. So, Carroll will be kicking it off here at the beginning of the second half of action. Roger Bacon will be receiving the kickoff. Now, they are up by a point, and they've got the advantage. This game has been going back and forth, tied four times so far in that first half, but now... Carroll missed that golden opportunity to tie it up once again. And now Roger Bacon has got the advantage up by a point at 21-20. to 20. The Spartans will be going from left to right across your computer screen. And watch the onside kick here. Here in the second half of action. Kicking it off is Chapman. Now that happened last week with McNick. Chapman approaches it, and he's going to squib it right up the middle. The Greer is going to let bounce off his chest, picked up by Kiner. Kiner is going to run it out to the left-hand side, and he's going to be grabbed at about the 25-yard line and brought down near the 27. Now, I don't understand how there's not a flag there, either for face masking, and if it wasn't a face mask, Rob, they got a hold of the inside of his shoulder pads and, really jerked him to the ground. I thought so, too. But but going back to the kickoff, I think what they need to do is come up right now. They've, we've seen three kickoffs where they've squibbed it down the middle deep for Kiner, bring that level up, give them a chance to kind of make a play on it. Spartans going from left to right. Receivers out wide on both sides. Hand off to Kiner right up the middle. Now cuts it off the left-hand side. He'll take it forward for about a yard. Kiner. And 137 yards rushing in that first half. Last year, 284 yards against these guys. And this is just Will, right? They're going to come out. They've, they've made some adjustments. They're going to be keyed up to stop a kid who killed him in the first half. And Bacon's offensive line just has to exert their will. Gain of a yard on the carry. And the handoff goes to Kiner right up the middle across the 30 out to the 34-yard line. That'll be a gain of five. Brings up second down and three yards to go. Or third down and three yards to go, excuse me. Big, big run here. Third down, three yards to go, 11 minutes and running left to go in this third quarter of play. Holla comes out wide to the right-hand side. Bird goes out wide left. Receivers now moving in motion is Tumlin. Handoff goes to Kiner, right up the middle on third and three, dives forward across the 35 to the 37. He's got the first down after a gain of four. And I said it a couple weeks ago, and I think that plays another great example, is the thing that is maybe the least heralded of Corey Kiner is his patience. Uh, A guy with that much speed and size and ability to wait sometimes for things to develop, even for something that ends up being just a a five- or six-yard gain, uh, is special for a sophomore. Lackey, slot right. Tumlin slot left, Kiner to the right of Bullock. Kiner takes it around the left end after the handoff. He breaks a couple of tackles and then is going to be brought down after a yard gain and clear out on the wide side. Carroll doing a nice job defensively on that play to string Kiner out towards the sideline. Gain of two, bring up second and eight. Yeah, they did. They, they did a nice job stringing that out, kind of maintaining discipline versus kind of biting early, uh, getting him out to the sideline, able to bring him down for maybe a two-and-a-half-yard gain. 
Second down eight, ball resting just shy of the 40-yard line. Bird out wide left. Tumlin slot left. And you've got Lackey and Halla out wide to the right-hand side. Bullock, pump fakes, going to throw it out on the left-hand side. Intercepted by Carroll. They'll bring it back across midfield to the 45 to the 40. Putting his head down across the 35 near the 30-yard line is Laricella. Laricella, the defensive back, picked off the pass. And now the Patriots are setting up in great field position after the interception at the 30-yard line of Roger Bacon, first and 10. That's 100% on Tyler Bullock, who actually had him to the inside but throws it to the outside, not even anywhere near where the receiver can make a play on that. Easy interception for the defender. Bearing comes out wide to the left-hand side, now hustling into the ball game for the Patriots. Off the bench is Matthew Evers, and Evers is going to line up wing right. Will Sievert, slot left, doesn't know what the play is. Handoff is going to go to Butts, and Butts takes it right up the middle, down to the 25-yard line. It's a gain of six, brings up second and four. Yeah, and, and this, you know, you, you've thrown the ball, turnover, put the ball in their hands with great field position. Very inclined to do what Bacon probably should have done, which is just run the ball, right? Put it in the hand of your best players on the safest plays and see what you can get. Second down, four yards to go from the Roger Bacon just inside their 25-yard line. Carroll looking to take their first lead of the evening. Butts to the left. Butts is going to get the handoff off right tackle. Inside the 25, puts his head down, bowls over a couple of Spartans and gets it to the 21. And maybe the 20, and he's going to be real close to a first down. Matter of fact, he's got the first down. And I didn't see who it was, but uh, penetration coming in, and you're trying to arm tackle a kid who's 260 pounds, not going to get it done. 8.35 left to go in this third quarter. Butts lines up to the left of Fox, the quarterback. Now moving in motion. At the wing position is Evers, handoff to Butts. Butts off right tackle inside the 20, down near the 15, continues to move. He's inside the 15, down near the 12. That is going to be about a nine-yard gain for Butts. And brings up a yard to go for a first down on second down. No secret what they're going to do, which which is try to run the ball until Bacon overcommits and then maybe take a shot, but... They got it going right now, so why why do anything else? Bearing wide left, Will Sievert, slot left. They've got Evers, wing left now, almost at a tight end position. Handoff goes to Butts, and Butts struggles forward inside the 10 to the 9. He's got a gain of 3 and a first down. He has got... 11 carries tonight for 57 yards, but boy has he really dominated from that running back position. Not particularly swift or elusive. He's kind of a plotter, but at 260 pounds, he gets enough momentum going that he's kind of content to just kind of go forward and drag guys. Like Pete Johnson, remember the old Bengal, yeah? He doesn't need a big hole. He just needs a crease, and he'll, he'll take the hole with him. Evers in motion to the left-hand side. Fake handoff. Fox rolls out to the left. He's going to throw it into the corner of the end zone. It's almost intercepted by Lackey. He had it right in his hands and couldn't bring it in. 
Lackey, the receiver on the other side of the ball, just uh, maybe didn't expect the ball to come that cleanly to him and couldn't bring it in. That would have been a big play for Roger Bacon. Second down, goal to go. And probably a pick six from where he was and what he had in front of him with, with his offensive skills. He hit a clear lane, probably 100 yards. Second down goal, just inside the 10-yard line. Fox took the shot. Now moving in motion to the near side is Haney, and Haney is going to get, or Butts, excuse me, Butts is going to get the handoff, and he's going to take it to the five. Gain of about four on the carry. It brings up third and goal from the five of Roger Bacon. Big play, and Coach Watkins now has these corners, at least on that play, coming up and getting contact on those receivers, trying to, to break up that route make it a little bit more difficult for them to release in, into the open spots. Evers in, Sam Sievert leaves for the Patriots. And they'll put tight end right, Lajeunesse, John Lajeunesse, the junior. Freddie Greer's got a move. He's on the wrong side of that receiver. Fake handoff. Fox is going to throw it into the corner of the end zone. He's got it in the back of the end zone. Sievert for the score. Boy, what a pass by Fox. Put that right over the outstretched hands of Freddie Greer. And coming down with the catch was Sam Sievert for the score in the back edge of the end zone. Got both feet down. And Carroll has taken their first lead of the night at 26-21. Well, Greer, like I said, should have been on the outside, able to push him back towards the heart of where the where the cluster was versus giving him an open release to the, the wide open part of the field where it was an easy kind of loft right over his head. Greer comes in to attempt the extra point for Carroll. And it's a good snap. Kick is up by Greer, and it is no good. Might have been partially blocked, but boy, that thing was low and almost right into the line. So 6.23 left to go in this third quarter. Carroll with their first lead of the night. It's the Patriots 26, Roger Bacon 21. 169. Yes, 169. It's Rocktoberfest at Jake Sweeney Ram Tri-County. During Ram Power Days, lease the all-new Ram 1500 for only 169 a month. Only at Jake Sweeney Ram Tri-County. Think about your home. What do you see? Do you just see two stories or the stories of your toddler's first steps? <laughs> now think about your car. Do you see an odometer reading or your kids reading in the back seat? Other insurance companies just see a house. They just see a car. But a state farm agent sees what your home and your car really mean to you. So why not give them the protection they deserve? Call agent Eric Geiger at 513-574-0321. Well, sophomore Stephen Chapman will handle the kickoff duties for the Pats. He is also their backup quarterback. He'll kick it off to Corey Kiner. Carroll with the lead by 5, 26-21. Chapman kicks it, line drive low, taken in by Kiner at the 17th to the 20, 25, 30. Cuts it to the outside to the 40, 45. He's going to take it back out to the 49-yard line. Yeah. Great return by Kiner. Almost had that. Almost broke it, right? He was probably one guy from that becoming a touchdown, and he shoestrings him. But that's the danger when you kick to him, uh, which is why we've seen him squib it most of the night. Interesting choice there. I guess with a five-point lead, you, you take your shot. But uh, interesting call. 6-16 to go in this third quarter of play. 
And I almost said coming out of the half, the first team to make a mistake is probably going to fall here, and Bullock throws the pick. So it'll, we'll see what can happen here if they can get back in and make a game. Tumlin in motion to the near side. Hand off to Kiner right up the middle. Kiner across the 49 to the 50, and he'll be gang-tackled there after actually no gain at all. They'll put him right back to the original line of scrimmage. That was on Nolan Tebby, who just completely whiffed on, on the block on the end, and uh, he's able to come in and wrap Kiner up. Offensive line, you know, they got to pull it together here and make a statement. It's on them. Second down, 10 from the 49. Bullock with receivers out wide on both sides. Clock running, 542. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner cuts it to the left-hand side, breaks a couple of tackles, and has to do everything he can in his power just to get back to the line of scrimmage. Boy, Carroll has really got a lot of incentive now and a lot of momentum going for them. Not particularly big, not quick like Western Hills, which gave him problems. So it, this is really just on an offensive line that, that's not getting any push, not maintaining blocks and holding them, uh, letting those guys kind of sneak through those gaps and get to Corey. Third down, 10 yards to go for the Spartans from the 49, their own 49. Bullock is going to tuck it under after dropping back the pass. He's going to get it across the 50 to the 49 of Carroll. Gain of two on the play, and... It'll be punting time for the Spartans. Not a great drive there, and that falls on the five guys up front, like we've said for all three plays now. Uh, that you know, certainly Coach Hennigies, Coach Sunderman aren't happy with. Uh, just completely ineffective there for uh, a line of scrimmage they should have been able to control. Luke Bird will kick it away from about his own 40, and he takes a lot of steps and then decides to punt it away, and it'll be fair caught at the 16-yard line by Carroll with 4.26 to go in the third quarter, and they lead it 26-21. to 21. White Oaks favorite sports bar. The game on Bar & Grill is even better. Come check out the UC and Xavier games with $12 buckets ready to go. Daily drink specials and open for lunch and dinner with great food and great service. The game on Sports Bar & Grill is your place for the entire family with plenty of TVs to watch all the games and fun for all. Follow us on Facebook at Game On Exclamation Point to check out all the latest specials. After the Roger Bacon game, head to the Game On Sports Bar and Grill at 5880 Chevy Ave Road in White Oaks. Well, while you were away, there was a flag thrown on the play, and it was a legal procedure against Roger Bacon. So Carroll decided instead of taking the ball at their own 23, they'll go ahead and have Roger Bacon punt the ball away from their own 46-yard line. So Bird back in, gets a good snap. He's going to take the punt and kick it away. And it's going to take a Roger Bacon bounce inside Carroll territory. And let's see where they decide to mark it. They're going to spot it where? At about the 30-yard line. Well, you know, that only makes it a 24-yard punt. Bird bobbled it and uh, had to kind of readjust it as two guys were kind of coming in, firing on him, and uh, unable to get it off well. Again, mental mistakes for a Roger Bacon team that they couldn't afford to have him on a night when you're shorthanded. I anticipate Bird taking off sometime tonight. Boy, he's he's really thought about it about three times here. He's also a former quarterback, right? So on a night where maybe you have a cool man, you, you take a shot. But uh... Haney in the backfield now, along with Butts. With Fox out of the pistol. Fake handoff. Fox is going to be hit, and he's going to be dropped. Nate Stark. 
Nate Stark all the way back to the 20-yard line. That's Stan Hart, excuse me. Stan Hart. Stan Hart all the way back to the 20-yard line. Second sack of the night for the Spartans. They came with the blitz. Making a play when you need it for the senior captain. Uh, let's see if we can hold him here, you know, putting him deep on a long, second and, and, what, 21 or 22 again. Steve Sheehan dialing up the blitz, and it worked. Second down, call it 18 yards to go. Back to the 22-yard line. Handoff goes off to Butts, and Butts is going to take it across the 20 out to the 24-yard line. And you just can't let a receiver get behind you here. We've seen on a couple plays now, especially those two touchdowns, Bacon defenders just losing track of where the receiver was. Come up, bump them, keep them in front of you. Move them to the inside, right away from the sidelines, and uh, make the tackle and get the ball back. Will Sievert out wide to the left-hand side. Sam Sievert, who caught the touchdown pass to give the Patriots the lead earlier, is slot left. Rolling out to the left is Fox. Fox squares up, now throws it over the middle. Complete to Sam Sievert across the 40, out to the 43-yard line. And just like Rob said, you cannot let these receivers get behind you, but the... Spartans defense gives up the first down out to the 44-yard line. Well, he, he came from the opposite side of the field, and we've talked for a few weeks now. Uh, the film is out, right? You send guys across the middle. They sneak behind those linebackers. They come untouched, and all you roll that guy out, and, and you throw it right to him, right? There's no challenge to that play. It's a hard play to stop. Fox puts Haney in motion to the right side, gives him the ball right up the middle. Haney across the 45 out to the 48-yard line. That'll be a gain of four on the carry for Haney. This is the series right here, though. I mean, this game kind of rides on, on this this possession and getting a stop as they approach midfield, trying to get the ball back on down to, as we get near the fourth quarter. Spartans will be home next week to end the home portion of the regular season schedule at Ron Bazovich Stadium against Fenwick. That game will kick off at 6.30. Fox, handoff to Haney. Haney's going to be hit at the line of scrimmage, and he's going to be dropped right there. Boy, those running backs for Carroll do not go down easy. I actually thought they had him for maybe a yard loss, but uh, a big play there just to hold them to kind of where they were uh, brings up a, a big third down. Yeah, they actually gave him about a half a yard gain out near the 49. He, he was nowhere near that. right? He <laughs> Minute 30 to go in the third quarter. Spartans. Down by five, 26-21. Receivers out wide. Now it's a tight formation for Carroll on third down and five. Fox with Haney dropping back Fox. Fox rolls out to the left. He's going to be hit as he's thrown, and it's going to be complete out to the midfield portion. It's a yard gain to Sam Siebert, the receiver who caught the football, but they will be shy of the first down by about four yards. And Carroll will have to punt the football away. That's a really dangerous play, right? Because if he jumps that, that's a pick six. But uh, he's able to, to kind of somehow loft it in there and get it. Uh, watch the fake here midfield, right? This is where you run that play uh, on a night like tonight. So they're going to be disciplined here. Bearing will punt it away to Tumlin, who's back set to return, taking the place of Kuhlman. Edmondson and Kuhlman are not playing tonight. Bearing left foots it up in the air, gets a nice punt to Tumlin. Oh. is going to let bounce, and he's going to collect it in at the 13-yard line. 
And he called a fair catch, and then he thought he fumbled the football. I'm not sure if he touched it, but he actually went back and picked it up. And the Spartans are going to start at their own 13-yard line. you you got to let him understand that where you're at in the game, you, you don't need to make a mistake there trying to do too much. Yeah, he should have just ran away. <laughs> yeah, on a night like tonight when you're not used to being the guy back there returning punts, you got to be conservative. Better safe than sorry, especially when you're down by five. Bullock with Kiner to the left, receivers out wide. Low snap, Bullock grabs it. He rolls out to the right, and he's going to throw the football away as he got hit, but they're going to say he was down inside the five, back to the four. I, I don't know why you're running that play. Offensive line has struggled anyway. Uh, your safest play there, as we've talked about, is put the ball in the hands of your best player and, and see what happens. And that's going to do it for the end of the third quarter. When we come back, Roger Bacon will have it second and long from their own four. Your score at the end of three, it's now Carroll 26, Roger Bacon 21. Fifteen grand. Yes, $15,000. It's Rocktoberfest at Jake Sweeney Ram Tri-County. During Ram Power Days, you'll save up to fifteen grand on new Ram trucks. Only at Jake Sweeney Ram Tri-County. Need your car fixed and have no idea where to go? Stay local. Take your vehicle to Matt Vollmer at Pioneer Automotive in Green Hills on 48 Eswin Street. Matt's customers like their prompt, reliable service at a price you can afford. In fact, most customers refer Matt Vollmer at Pioneer Automotive to their friends and family. Simply put, he runs his business the way all auto service centers should be, with integrity. Pioneer Automotive, they get the job done right. Pioneer Automotive, located at 48 Eswin Street. Call them at 513-851-5131. Substation 2 has been bringing Florence the freshest food at the lowest prices since 1981. You've tried the rest, now come taste the best fresh sliced sub sandwiches anywhere. Substation 2 was voted the best sub sandwich in Northern Kentucky by Northern Kentucky Magazine in 2016. Let Substation 2 cater your next event. Give them a call at 859-371-9490 or come visit them at 7905 Dream Street in Florence. Substation 2, quality at a price you can afford. Well, as we open up the fourth quarter of play, the Spartans will have the football back at their own four-yard line, second down, and call it about 18 yards to go. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner right up the middle, now cuts it to the far side across the five, and he's out near the 10-yard line. That's going to be a gain of about five on the carry for Corey, and it will be third down and 16. I think you have to run the exact same play, get as much room as you can for Bird, and hope you can get a good punt off for here because you don't want a dead ball incompletion here, and you've done nothing tonight to make you think you can do anything different. Bullock with Kiner to the left of him. He's going to drop straight back, throw a screen. It goes to Kiner, and he's going to be dropped immediately. He caught the pass and then was dropped right away by Andrew Ware. Andrew Ware is just spying him now. Uh, One of the reasons they've had some luck is they've got one guy who's dedicated to just focus on Corey, and he just stood there right next to him waiting for that play to develop. So, things not good for the Spartans down by five, and Bird is going to be punting it away from in his own end zone. Back set to return is Sievert and Loricella. Low snap, Bird picks it up. He's going to get it away. It is a low line drive kick. 
that will take a Roger Bacon bounce outside the 45 and be down at the 47-yard line. That's where Carroll will start it first and 10 in Roger Bacon territory at the 47. While we got an opportunity, I want to wish my mother a happy birthday. Today is her birthday. I know she's not listening, but what the heck. Well, my son is Thursday. He might be, so I'm going to say happy birthday to him. And speaking of Thursday, Friday, homecoming, uh, you alumni out there who might be listening and fans and friends, don't forget about the social gathering in Spartan Village in the back parking lot, a big cookout. we got live music this week. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Start about 4.30 at, at Roger Bacon. Got another birthday I'm going to mention right after this play. Fox. With Butts in the backfield. Now Butts moves over to the right side. Handoff goes to Butts. Butts right up the middle. He's going to be gang tackled. Stuffed right at the line of scrimmage for no gain whatsoever. That is what the Spartans needed on first and ten. They'll put him down. Boy, how, how in the world do they have him near the 46? Wow. Yeah, that that's a gift because he, he was nowhere near making... Any progress towards anything beyond the line of scrimmage? No. Will Siebert slot right. Bearing is wide right. Sam Siebert's going to line up in the backfield with Butts, along with Fox. Butts is going to get... Fox is going to keep it on the keeper. He's going to take it out to the 45-yard line. That's going to be a gain of two on the carry. And it will bring up third down and a long eight yards to go. The other person is Greg Mitchell. My happy birthday our, to him. Our producer and the owner of the website. He is... I know he might be listening. I hope he's listening. I hope your mom is, right? Your mom's <laughs> No, my saying. mom's not listening. My mom might be listening. I'm going to say hi to my parents. They're probably listening. Greg's birthday is Monday. So happy birthday to him also. And my nephew, David. One of, he's got his birthday today. Boy, everybody's birthday is in October, including yours. Libra's. Dropping back Fox on third and eight. He's going to throw the ball over the middle. He's got a receiver. That's Siebert complete at the 25. Cuts to the far side. He's got a lot of room. Two to the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. No, they're going to say he stepped out of bounds prior to going into the end zone near the 10. Or is he? Well, let's see. Where are they going to spot him? He may be out of bounds at about the 2. That's where they're going to mark it. It'll be first and goal at the two-yard line of Roger Bacon. What a break for the Spartans there. Just, you know, those receivers kind of crisscrossing, like we said all night, finding those open lanes, and Roger Bacon's defensive backs just literally spinning around with confusion, unable to locate those guys. So it'll be first and goal for Carroll, and they're going to go with that full house backfield, Fox under center. Fox is going to keep it himself right behind his center, and he goes in for the score. So it took about 10 seconds longer than they thought, but with 9.04 to go in this ball game, Carroll has gone out by 11, and they're going to try to make it 12 or even 13. I think they're going to go for two. No, nope, they're, they're going to bring in the kicker, Greer. He's already missed two extra points. Yeah. I'd have gone for two after seeing his last two kicks. I would go for two here but because... Nine, nine minutes, and Bacon's been completely ineffective. Uh, but, you know, what's interesting is as I didn't think it would be a, a situation where our defensive backs in, in a passing situation would, would be the Achilles heel tonight on multiple occasions, including two touchdowns and that big play. Sievert the holder. 
He gets it down. Kick is up by Greer, and it is good. 9.04 to go in the ballgame. Your score now, Carroll, 33, Roger Bacon, 21. The Lucky Turtle is located in Finneytown on 8621 Winton Road next to Arby's. With 23 taps of rotating craft and local beers, plus a large selection of other fine spirits, the Lucky Turtle has weekly events, including live music, final night on Tuesdays, and trivia on Thursdays. They offer great food options from empanadas, a key, or you can bring in your own food. The Lucky Turtle is very accommodating for parties and events, so stop in for a relaxing, no-frills good time. The Lucky Turtle, owned by Frank Cena, Roger Bacon, class of 1991. Well, Spartans are down now by 12, 33-21. It was 21-20 at halftime, and Carroll, it's been all them in the second half. And with 9.04 remaining, Corey Kiner is back set to return, and I don't think there's any way you are going to see Stephen Chapman try to kick it deep to Corey Kiner. He would be better off not only squibbing it, but going toward Corey one of the sidelines. To, Corey needs to come up about 10 yards. He's back at about his own 15 to return this kick. Chapman, he's going to squib it. Onside kick. Really, it's going to be taken in by one of the upbacks, and that's Stan Hart is going to grab it at the 48-yard line. So the Spartans' great field position. They're going to have it at their own 48-yard line, and only a second has elapsed on the clock. And, and only a matter of time if they've watched the McNick film before they, they try something to, to throw Bacon off. Rob, I want to go back to that decision to go for the extra point. I mean, if you go for two and make it, you're up by 13. You force Roger Bacon to kick two extra points here tonight. Dropping back Kiner. Kiner is going to take it around the left side. He cuts it to midfield and puts his shoulder down and gets run out of bounds in Carroll territory at the 47-yard line. He missed a cut there. I think if he cuts that right before he gets to the 50, he probably picks up eight or nine yards at a minimum. So uh, short gain. I agree with you that the kicker had missed half of his extra points to that point. Uh, what's it matter if you go for two or not? doesn't really change the game if you're up by 13 or if you're up by 12. So it's second down, five yards to go for the Spartans in Carroll territory at the 47. Moving in motion to the near side is Lackey. Dropping back Bullock. Bullock throws it out to the right. It is complete to Chapman. To Kappel, excuse me. Kappel is going to take it inside the 40 to the 39-yard line. That's a first down after a reception of eight yards. Another long throw. You know, Tyler's got a big arm, and that ball seemed to kind of just float and take its time getting out there. You know, when you're throwing from one hash mark all the way across the field to the numbers. Uh, big throw. He can make it, right? He's got a big arm, but long throw. First and ten from the 39. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner right up the middle. He's going to be dropped after a yard gain. Boy, he got smacked and dropped by Lajeunesse. Well, the, the offensive line is getting no push, so that they're just coming in, firing, hitting gaps uh, with clean shots, and, and there's no no there, nothing there to slow them down. 26 carries. I would have to go back and look, but I think this is the most carries that Kiner has had all year. Maybe the Baden game he had more. Pitch out comes to Kiner around the right-hand side, and he's going to be skipped out of bounds near the 40 for no gain. And it brings up third down and eight yards to go. Well, you know, the adjustments they've made have worked so far because they've really kind of kept Corey in check here for the second half. 
And again, haven't seen much from Bullock that, that you would need to do anything more than put the nine guys who are in the box right now uh, and key in on him. Now they're going to say he lost a yard back to the 39-yard line, so brings up third down and nine. Trips to the near side, dropping back Bullock on third and nine. He's going to be hit, and he's going to throw the ball away incomplete. He did have a receiver in the area. So he escaped the sack, but still it's going to be fourth down and nine for the Spartans. Those third and longs, right? We've seen that for two years now, Dave. Uh, and an offensive line that, that just somehow has come apart. I don't know that they've done anything, you know, from stunts or anything different other than they've come out more physical and more aggressive than our offensive line in the second half, and they've dominated them. Fourth down nine, and the Spartans will roll the dice and go for it. They've got receivers out on both sides. Bullock with Kiner to the left. They're going to put Lackey in motion to the near side, dropping back Bullock. Bullock is going to get hit as he throws, and he threw it way over the head of Kappel and incomplete. Man, he airmailed that thing a good 15 yards over the head of Kappel. Just, you know, we, we've kind of seen it, the inconsistencies of uh, Tyler Bullock this season where he's had games he's looked really good and games he's looked really bad. Uh, I think he's maybe has five completions tonight and just has struggled to kind of get the ball placed where he wants it, and uh, that's been the difference, really. 7.46 to go in the ball game. Now, Evers is coming in off the sideline to come in, and he's going to line up wing right. Haney in the backfield. Haney's going to get the handoff. He takes it across the 40, out near the 45-yard line for a gain of six. Brings up second down, call it five yards to go. And, and the thing that we've seen, that you know, we saw a lot of youth last season, and we talked about those kids growing up. And what we've seen this year is a lot of a lot of games this year, Dave, where Roger Bacon's just shot itself in the foot. A game they could have taken control of tonight, much like Baden, where they let silly mistakes kind of slowly put them, uh, Carroll, back into the game. And then before you know it, you're losing. Second down, call it a long four yards to go. Haney moves off to the right. He'll get the handoff, and he's going to pick up the first down off the left-hand side at midfield. And now a flag is thrown near the point of contact at one of the offensive linemen for Carroll. That may be a penalty that Roger Bacon will be thankful for. It will be a, it'll be a hold. But it's so far upfield, Rob, that's almost at the spot where Haney went out of bounds at, near the 47-yard line. That That's what they'll do. They'll mark it back at the 41-yard line. So it brings up second down, eight yards to go. Yeah, I mean, they need to get the ball back quickly here to you know, under seven minutes if they want to have a chance. They've got all three timeouts. 6.50 and running. Left to go in the ball game. Fox on second and eight from his own 41. Spartans, boy, they're showing blitz along the line. Dropping back Fox. Fox is going to run the option himself. Takes it across the 45 out to midfield where he's got the first down after a gain of 10. What's rule number one of the option? Someone's got to take the quarterback. Right? Nobody did. Yeah, nobody gets him. So uh, he runs free for 10 yards and a first down. 6.25 and running. Left to go in the ballgame. Lajeunesse goes out. Slot left. Wide left is Sievert. Evers moves in motion. Now he lines up wing right. Hand off to Haney. Haney 
is going to struggle down to the 48-yard line for a gain of two. Haney tonight has got 54 yards rushing on 12 carries. But 14 carries, 64 yards. And Fox has got four carries for 23 yards unofficially. Yeah, and realistically here, they're probably a first down away from being able to, to wrap this thing up for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I think the Spartans have to start thinking about, do we use our timeouts now? Second down, eight yards to go. Evers, wing right, handoff to Haney. Haney is, no, a fake handoff. Fox is going to keep it. He's going to take it to the 45, maybe the 44-yard line. Gain of four on the carry, and it's third down and four yards to go. Yeah, and it's going to put us under five minutes again. If you don't get this stop, they get a first down. They're going to burn at least another two minutes off the clock, if not more. Uh, and make this almost impossible for Bacon to, to climb out of. Ball at the 45-yard line, third down four. Play clock down to ten. And the Patriots, they're just going to stay out there, and the Patriots are going to take a timeout, but they're going to let the play clock go all the way down, and now they'll take the timeout. We will also. 4.51 to go in the ball game. It's now Carroll 33, Roger Bacon 21. Hey, it's Mal Egger. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you know about your insurance? Chances are you know how much you pay for it, but do you really know what your coverage is? Chances are you don't, and that's because most insurance companies don't go out of their way to make sure you understand what you're buying. That's why RJL is different. They design insurance programs that they monitor continually, and they make sure they adapt your coverage as your life changes. Call RJL Insurance today. Obtain a quote from Rob, Jared, or Kevin at 513-322-5637. Hi, this is Tim with Stacy Heating and Air Solutions. We know how important heating and cooling your home can be to you. Here at Stacy Heating and Air, we aim to please at a price that can't be beat. Being a locally owned and operated company, we have gained a reputation because of the satisfaction of our customers. Don't pay high prices for mediocre service when you will get the best with us for less. Call me today at 513-367-HEAT or visit us on the web at stacyheatingandair.com. That's stacyheatingandair.com. Third down, a long four yards to go. For Carroll. Big play for the Spartans defensively. They're showing blitz. Fox rolls out to the right, pitches it out to Haney around the right side, gets a block. He's going to be brought down at the 43 yard line. Stanhart with the play. Great play. I think some of the, the Carroll bench wanted a horse collar on that one, but uh, outside of the shoulder pad, not, not the back. Bacon with a timeout here. Let's see if uh, if Carroll punts or goes for it. Excuse me, that was Nate Stark who made the tackle. And boy, what an individual tackle it was by Nate. Brings up fourth down and three yards to go. And was it the Spartans that took the timeout, Rob? Yes, it was. We're going to grab a quick one, too. 4.38 left to go in the ballgame. It's 33-21, Carroll. Great food and a fun atmosphere. Join your old friends and new at Sunday's Pub on 8582 Winton Road in Finneytown. The month of October marks the 10th anniversary for Sundays, and they're celebrating. On Mondays is server night. All domestic beers are $1.50. Stop in on Fridays before the game starting at 4 for free appetizers. And when the Bengals are on the road, join Sundays for a Bengals potluck party. See the Bengals on the big screens at Sundays. Your taste buds will water when you walk into Sunday's Pub. Sunday's Pub, 8582 Winston Road in Finneytown. And I know they're having fun listening to this one at the pub tonight. 438. Carroll's going to punt the football away. They bring in Beering. He had a birthday this week, too. Yeah, he did, Matt. Sunday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Matt. 
Tomlin back set to return at his own 10-yard line. High snap, but Bearing gets it down. Left foot's a line drive. Boy, he shanked it off the right side and almost hit a couple of umbrella patrons down on the right sideline. And they're going to say it went out of bounds at the 27-yard line. 432 left to go in the game. The curveball here, if Mike Blount's strategy is to come out and throw it, uh, I put actually Corey Kiner out at receiver and get him out of the backfield and uh, make someone have to go cover him because he, he's not a, an easy guy to cover from a receiver spot. He's actually a very good receiver. This is going to be interesting here. You've got Kiner. Okay, Liner, Kiner is lining up on the left-hand side. Halla almost looked like he was lining up at quarterback. Bullock's going to throw it out, and he threw it way over the head of Tumlin and incomplete. That may not be a bad idea based on that throw, right? Howell is a, great, a good quarterback. He, he's a, a St. Mike kid who they ran a very sophisticated system in grade school. Uh, is going to be a great quarterback here and uh, has a, a good arm. Rob, the last three throws that Bullock has made have just been airmailed over the top of the receiver. Yeah, and you know, he's working hard to kind of get that ball out there in, in a weird mix of weather, but way overshooting these guys tonight. Receiver split out on both sides, kind of to the right of Bullock. Now, in the motion is Lackey to the near side. Dropping back Bullock. He's going to throw it up the right side. He's got a receiver. That is Bird. He's got it at the 40. And there's a flag down. I think it's going to be pass interference against Carroll. And it's maybe a roughing the passer. There's another flag. You're right. Back in the backfield. Boy, oh, boy. That was the best pass Bullock has thrown in three weeks. It's going to be holding... Uh, against uh, Carroll. He had a good one against McNick last week. Hit the Kuhlman on the edge there in the fourth quarter. But that, that was a heck of a throw and put it right out there for Bird. So we have one flag is holding against Carroll. Holding against Carroll and the other flag is looked like roughing the passer. So the ball is spotted where? Where do they have the football spotted at? It's got to be the 25, right? I mean, you can't put it well, where are they starting it at? That's what I'm wondering. They're not even... Well, they haven't even spotted the football. Okay, at the 40, you're right. It's going to be back to the 25-yard line. Holding against Carroll. Declined. Roughing the passer against Carroll will be accepted because that's the 15-yarder. you got now, a, about a minute to score here. You have two timeouts, so if you can get it in quickly, give yourself about three minutes to... Uh, to make some stops, you may have a minute and a half on the back end with some timeouts. To and do Kiner that. goes out to the slot right. So we're in a shotgun. Dropping back Bullock. Bullock throws it out into the flat. Complete to Bird. Bird makes a sidestep inbounds. And he's going to be brought down at the 22-yard line. That'll be a gain of three. And I, that's not the, the play you run there, right? Run him in a slant or run him in a crossing route. But you can't afford three yards and go down when you only have three minutes left in a game that, that's this tight. Bullock with Kiner to the right. Second down seven. Rolls out to the left. Looks upfield. He's going to throw the ball, and he let it slip right out of his hands. The officials now call it incomplete. That one just was a wounded duck that just slipped right out of his hands. And it will bring up third down and seven. Not a... Not an easy night for Mr. Bullock after a stellar game at McNick last week. Uh, struggling tonight. He's a talented kid, though. 
Third down, seven yards to go. Kiner to the left. They're going to pitch it out to Kiner. He's going to cut it up off left tackle. Takes it out inside the 20, and that's where he'll be stopped. And the Spartans are going to be shy of the first down by about three yards, and they'll use their second timeout. When we come back, it'll be fourth down and a very, very long three. 3.29 to go in the ball game. It's Carroll 33, Roger Bacon 21. Do you hate that feeling when you get in your car and the sun hits you directly in the eyes? Call T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio at 4671 Industry Drive in Fairfield. And if your audio system makes you feel sad and grumpy, T-Spot can set you up nicely with a new system that puts you in the middle of the music. Call 513-829-2530. T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio has a vast depth of knowledge and provides genuine, reasonable, meticulous work. Let us help. T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio at 4671 Industry Drive in Fairfield. Call 513-829-2530. One sixty-nine. Yes, one sixty-nine. It's Rocktoberfest at Jake Swinney Jeep Tri County. During Jeep Adventure Days, lease a new brand Cherokee Laredo for only one sixty-nine a month. Only at Jake Swinney Jeep Tri County. Spartans have fourth down. Call it four yards to go at their own twenty-yard line. They need to get near the sixteen-yard line for a first down. Bullock, hard snap, almost got Carroll to. Jump, but didn't get it, and now he'll take the snap. Hand off to Kiner around the right side. He's going to be hit and brought down at the 25-yard line. Thought he had face mask too, but five-yard loss, and the Spartans will turn it over on downs with 3:23 left to go in the ball game. Yeah, I, I'll be curious when the film study starts tomorrow morning and they go back and watch this, really where the blocking came apart in the second half because what looked so good in the first half has just been absolutely abysmal in this half. They've been unable to really get any hats on any bodies for Carroll, uh, and they've been in the backfield uh, as much as Corey has tonight. Spartans have just one timeout left. And Carroll looking to break their three-game losing streak. They handed off to Haney, and Haney is going to take it forward for a yard gain, and that's it. But the clock ticks, right? And not much Bacon can do about it at this point with just the one timeout down by probably more than, than they can climb out of. Second down, nine yards to go. Ball out at the 27-yard line in Carroll territory. They are looking to break their three-game losing streak. They started out the year 4-0, and now they're four and three, and they want to keep their playoff hopes alive just as much as the Spartans do. Hand off to Haney up the middle, off now off the left side. He's going to struggle forward, and boy, he's near a first down out near the 35-yard line. He'll be just shy of the 35, and it'll bring up third down and call it a very short one. And now Butts comes into the lineup, and boy, this is where you need Butts and. Roger Bacon's going to take a timeout. They're going to stack the box on this. 2.27 to go in the ballgame. Your score, Carroll 33, Roger Bacon 21. Since 1969, Vonderhaar's Catering has provided services for social and corporate events, private gatherings, reunions, company outings, and wedding receptions. Vonderhaar's will help you customize a menu for all types of events and clients with personal attention and excellent quality food and service. Let Vonderhaar's Catering make your event memorable with quality food and complete professional staffing. Vonderhaar's Catering, selected as one of the five preferred caterers at the newly renovated Music Hall. Before you finalize your menu, call Vonderhaar's Catering. 
1969. 3.27 left to go. Spartans have no timeouts left. 33-21. Carroll on top of it. The Spartans have been held scoreless in the second half. Third and a short yard. And the Lions, or the Spartans have got all 11 men in the box. Fox under center is going to keep it himself, and he's got the first down out to the 36-yard line. Yep. That should just about do it. Same play. You bring your big guy in just to push that quarterback forward uh, for a yard or two, and that should do it. Boy, what a disappointing second half for the Spartans. They just were. Carroll came out and just took complete advantage after that interception on the initial drive of the Spartans in the second half. Well, they did, and, you know, some mental lapses by the defensive backs, but the difference in this game really in the second half in particular was the aggressiveness and, and the the scheme that the defense came out with that completely shut down Roger Bacon's running game. It was so, who could stop who, and they, and they did it. First and ten from the 36. Handoff goes to Butts. Butts breaks it into the clear across midfield to the 40 to the 30, and he's going to be brought down at the 29-yard line. 25-yard gain for Butts, and it takes it down to the Roger Bacon 29-yard line with a minute 50 left to go in the ballgame. And now Carroll going to liberally substitute, and they're going to go to the victory formation with no timeouts left. They know they can just run out the clock. And the clock runs now under a minute 35 left to go in the ballgame. Fox under center, and he'll just step back, and he'll drop, boy, almost five yards back and then take a knee. That's how you take a shot, right? Yeah, really. You, you launch yourself at that kid who, who's dancing around back there. Tom Pierce would have hit that kid. And a minute 15 to go, and now they start the 25-second play clock, so they can run this down to almost 50 seconds before they have to get the playoff. 33-21, it was 21-20, and you thought when they missed the extra point, Carroll did at the end of the first half, and it kept Roger Bacon in the lead, that maybe the momentum would stay with the Spartans, but it didn't. And Fox drops back, takes a knee, 45 seconds to go in the ball game, and they'll have to run one more play, and that'll be it. They will break their three-game losing streak. Much like the Spartans did last week at McNick. Clock under 30 seconds and running. And Carroll, as Fox comes out, there's 15 on the play clock. They're going to have to take one more snap, and then that'll do it. Weird game tonight. There's nothing on this Carroll sideline that I thought Roger Bacon should have struggled with physically in the trenches. And uh, that's what ended up doing him in tonight. So, Carroll comes back and wins it here tonight. Your final score from Carroll High School. It's the Carroll Patriots 32, Roger Bacon 21. Rob and I will be back to wrap things up from Carroll right after this timeout. 